0: Hey, so thank you guys so much for listening to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Hey, this episode is kind of uh, unique in that it is our 100th episode, according to DJ. So if it's not our 100th episode and you're so specific on what episode it is, then reach DJ at DJ Patterson on Instagram and tell him, hey, he told Marty wrong. Otherwise, (laughs) much love, DJ. You know, I love you. Um, but we think that this is our hundred episode, and it 's kind of interesting the way it all happened is I have a buddy named uh Jay who I went to college with and just like any most relationships, you just kind of start hanging out with something and all, like all of a sudden they develop into a great friend i overco- i mean so we're twenty eighteen I graduated from college in two thousand. So we're talking 20 plus years, 18 years in that aspect. And I've probably only seen Jay maybe three or four times in those years. But, but Jay and I had a connection in college and we did a couple trips together. We did some things together. And then um, we just kind of stayed in contact, fortunately, through social media, been able to stay in contact with each other. I've helped support his podcast, in which you'll hear in this episode, different mentions to his podcast. Like, listen, guy, like, Jake's just a down-to-earth guy. He supports and he's managed a guy named Sean Michelle, who you'll hear his story as his struggle as an artist, which we as detailers are all artists. This guy is an artist in the music genre and had his peak. fuck that's probably the wrong word to say and i'm recording this intro after i've been drinking so i don't want to say his peak but he had a moment where he was on american idol so like you've got a guy that just started playing music in high school and makes his way onto american idol so great accomplishment for him anyway um go check out Jay's podcast, which you'll hear about multiple times, and then check out Sean Michelle's music and support him as an artist. Anyway, so this podcast is all about, as artists, how do we grow? So, like, this is a long podcast, and I get it. Take some time, whether you're buffing a car and you're doing a full correction, or you can hop in and hop out. Guys, take your time and listen to what he has to say as far as his struggles and how he has overcome and what he has done. And 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 as we go through the podcast, you'll hear as we intertwine it, intertwine it into detailing. Right? Super excited. This is the most really is one of the most informational podcasts for anybody who wants to be an artist and how to grow as an artist into a business. Anyway, this is Marty. I'm at Total of Solutions. You can find us on Instagram. Find DJ at DJ Patterson. Hit us up at any point in time. You'll hear the Instagram or the different Facebook for uh, Jay Newman and Sean Michelle. Hit them up. And, hey, listen, guys, just enjoy this podcast. It's great information. And, as always, make it a
1: great day. All
0: right.
1: Mr. Newman. Yes, sir, Mr. Hill.
0: Sean. Mr. Michelle.
1: What's up, up, Mr. Welcome
0: to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. It just so happens this is our centennial.
1: Oh, wow. Man, you're really churning out the episodes.
0: Hey, we're trying, man. All right. We are sitting here on my back porch. We got a nice little fire pit going, sipping on some Texas bourbon. So no pints for us. Mister Newman does not drink beer. He refused. <laughs> Called me names and said, "Get me whiskey." <laughs> but Sean, Sean reached for a I'm nice cold a beer,
2: beer. Ultra. It's a beer. <laughs> okay, it's an Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I just say it. Can you hear me? Is this thing working? <laughs>
0: The only way to find out is when we play it at the end.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be fun. Quite a distance.
0: All right, so tell us who you are. Give us some background info. You're the one that reached out to me and said you wanted to come all the way from Nashville to Tulsa to be on the Pints and Polishing Podcast. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Yeah. Thank you for driving over. It's late, but I know you. You got here
1: as fast as you could. I got here as quickly as possible so I could appear on your back porch. <laughs> um, I'm a college baseball player. Really? That's, my That's awesome. Most success I've ever had.
0: That's the most success you've ever had.
1: <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't even make it till the season started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were just talking about that. So Jay, you and That's I know right. each other from college. We went right. to. Um, the, one of the most elite schools in the country in one of the biggest metropolises of Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one way to spend
0: it. <laughs> 10,000 I mean, people with In Arkansas, a, that's a metropolis. Yeah, with <laughs> a highway that divides two universities. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I always point that out to people because I don't know that people really understand. Like, only 10,000 people... And inside this town of 10,000 people, there had two universities.
1: Right. Like,
0: what the f- were you guys thinking, you Arkansas people?
1: They're literally across the street. Mm-hmm. Like, people say, oh, they think that that means that, like, no, like, there's a street. Mm-hmm. One side is Henderson State University. So we had a, a little
0: bit of rivalry. With Yeah. Did you guys ever partake in the uh, uh, sudsing up the fountains and all the no, wild uh, things that us 90 kids did?
1: I I, <laughs> I did one night. Uh, what did they, they have on Henderson's campus? They have like, a bell. I said, man, there's a memory I don't know. vague We have a that.
0: tiger, and they would come do something. They tiger. would kind of paint. And now there's paint. a and gate around the tiger. That's so right.
1: And, like, security cameras and yeah. stuff. And it, I, I did, I threw purple paint on, I think it was a bell that they had on Henderson's campus. And got chased. And
0: You made it out, though? When,
1: when I, I was fit back then, man, mm. I, I I got out outran none of the crew that I was with got caught.
0: All right, so besides being a baseball player for two weeks, (laughs) (laughs) who else are you, Mr. Newman? Uh,
1: I am uh, in artist management and live music promotion. Out of Nashville? Out of Nashville. And um, also, uh, I guess, a missionary of sorts. Um, But uh, I would call it a vocational mission model to where you take like what you do and find a way to to make it what does that mean
0: you're a mission i don't
1: yeah yeah, christian missionary i want people to go to heaven and not hell
0: okay there we go i just want to go ahead and get that out there (laughs)
1: because there'll be a bunch of people listening
0: who are you okay so you work as a manager but then also you Attempt to be...
1: Yeah, I try to somehow, in, uh, in a lot of ways, use that to uh, facilitate a, a broader, uh, uh, more eternal vision. That's how I would see it. So.
0: And you brought a guest with you?
1: Yeah, this is the guy that I use to do that. <laughs> 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 he is an t- extraordinary <laughs> talent, performer, singer, guitar player, blues and gospel rock and roll musician.
0: Please introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Sean.
2: Sean Michelle, uh, spelled like Sony Michelle, the running back for the Patriots, not <laughs> uh, like the nice. girls. Yeah, I knew there. Was Have you one. been watching them? Do you do uh, fantasy? It's his cousin. A little bit. It's my cousin. I gotta watch him. You know, there's one in the woods.
0: Seriously, is? <laughs> uh,
1: well, he's you know cousin Jet from another Black, mother. But yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But it's the same last name. It's worth a try. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. It's the same last I was name. i gonna roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I'm a Saints fan because I'm from New Orleans originally, mm. born and raised. Having a
0: good year, they are this year.
2: Yeah, about time. I mean, finally, because Roger Goodell, dear <laughs> Yoda. Up. Having a good, yeah. have a good, oh, good right. year. Thank, thank you, this year. <laughs> thank you, thank you for catching that. Yeah, it's it's taking some time. One man. of my still favorite guys from Star Wars, still one of my favorite. Oh, oh yeah, he's cla- you gotta, yeah. it. means who he's doesn't part love of the Yoda. Force. Yeah, who mm-hmm. doesn't love Yoda? But yeah, Saints are doing well, man. Roger Goodell got at our team after we won a Super Bowl with this fake thing he made up called Bounty Gate, and it's taken us about. It's taken a while. It's taking about seven years to regain our. Defense. How many
0: more years does Breeze have? I mean, he's
2: got like he's setting these records now, but he's got
0: to be, co- he's got to be close to going. Man, I don't
2: know if I can do this. I anymore. mean, he's like Brady. Uh, you know, he's what a year or two younger than five.
0: Brady. You think five I years? Think
2: he, I think five. he's got five in him. I could see five. I think years. he's. Oh, I think five. The but
0: bleachers but over there is calling, calling for five, possibly yeah, bleachers. Four. <laughs> 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 who tell us who your crew is? You brought a couple of. the...
1: Got a couple of auxiliary musicians here. No, they're more than that. He's our friends. This is Jukebox. He actually does do auxiliary percussion. And there's Caleb, who's the drummer.
0: Nice. Like bongo or like full <laughs> on Yeah, track. he does full congas,
1: hand drums. <laughs> Congos, full trap kit, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, Cajon. The Cajon. Everyone loves the Cajon. He likes to sit on a box and use the hand drums. Yeah, but uh, all the kids love that. Yeah, they do.
0: So how long have you been seeing?
2: Oh, God. Uh, I've been singing since I was a kid, pretty much, but not, like, seriously until, I guess, high school-ish, and then uh, did some in college. Did
1: you ever hear Sean sing in college?
0: Uh, I was trying to, when, like, when you sent me a text, I think you even called me, and we talked about you were coming, and and then, I don't know, a couple hours ago, I was like, hey, man, you're going to be here.
1: You have a podcast.
0: Tell us about your podcast.
1: Yeah, the Catacomb Podcast.
0: And... Um, you went on for a while you went off I gave you a lot of shit about you it you did <laughs> and you finally went back on And we that's launched, maybe we part were about that time I was like you know what I think we could do one too so that's how we. Yeah, right. I, I okay. started because then I was also on another podcast that's for auto detailing uh, a guy named Jimbo out of California he has one called The, the Auto Detailing Podcast great huh. dude got a great podcast and I was on his podcast and then about that same time you were relaunching yours I was
1: like hey hey yeah i remember hey, we talked we on the, the phone one? for a long time about the when we were relaunching about you know who but so i know?
0: was with that when you were like hey i'm coming i was like okay we got to do a podcast that's
1: awesome.
0: i was trying to think well it is right like it's the nah, symmetry it's of it all it. like yeah, you get is. like so but i was trying to think I was like how much memories do i have of sean in college and there might be like two. It's probably
2: faint, yeah. Yeah, very few. We didn't have a whole lot of interaction. No, in very
0: zero, right? You were all music the whole way. I was all athlete the whole way. Yeah. So there was not a big, where did you <laughs> play, did you do what, uh... so for people that are listening, we went to Washta Baptist University, you're talking, when you talk religion or you talk uh, theory of conservative or whatever like ultra conservative being southern
1: baptist no here's all you have to say about it is how i explain it to people is like uh that's where mike huckabee went
0: okay but people from new well, york now that's know.
1: bad I mean, though <laughs> people, do they know who, okay no, I don't, no, i'm not he, into every, politics so no, everyone is knows he he is, has he grown through has he grown he keep he going he had his own show on fox huckabee did yeah, yeah okay it was actually, yeah, know, it was yeah. actually like a like the number for one, one for show for a while yeah he was he was a I think. People but now really he's kind is. of a coot now. I think right? he's gotten nuts.
0: He kind of always has been, right? I guess. I
1: don't. I don't he either had me fooled before, or he really. His daughter's doing well, though. His daughter's doing great. So freshman year,
0: right? So I graduated in two thousand.
1: I was. Two I went. Years I went. Behind. I went an extra year. o2 02, Yeah. O two. O one. But 01. I was December of one
2: Yeah. I stayed a half semester after.
0: Yeah, or I or did too year, because, I mean. fucking, they flunked. I one class I flunked. I've only flunked one class. And it was uh, I was good. I was good on Cs and Ds, <laughs> like all the way through. Like Cs and Ds will pass me. Uh, Arts and humanities. Uh, we uh, had to we had to memorize the border. You had to memorize the paint style. You had to memorize what brush they used. Who
1: did you have? Ralph Hallaby. I
0: don't.
1: Know, the, whoever the he got fired. Guy?
0: Some guy. He got fired like a a year after.
1: Oh, uh, Okay. He was uh, an A. Bell. I uh, fl- I, I, yeah. I remember this uh. chick
0: came over when I was trying to study for my final. And I was like, you can understand, I've got to. I literally had to make like a 60 to, to pass the class or something like that. I bombed it. She came over and, like, like I didn't get any studying. You're not an art lover. I was not an art lover, I was <laughs> other lovers. Other lovers. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, I remember. I <laughs> remember. Love <lovers. laughs> I remember very well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I flunked that final and flunked the class at a 58 my senior year. And I went in to ask him. It's funny you talk about Jesse Molinax. You mentioned that a second ago. Right, I yeah. walk in to go meet with the professor. I'm like, listen, hey, I'm a senior. Like, come on, you know, I'm not an art guy. Like, can you not just, like, come on. And he was in there yelling with Jesse Molinax. And I sat there going, maybe I should
1: leave. And come You can't back. follow this. I can't follow. He's <laughs> all worked I, up. <laughs> I went for it, and he
0: still flunked me. Oh, gosh. So I had to walk late, too. Anyway, that's the moral of that story. Anyway, no. Washtenaw Baptist University, you start singing there or not? Uh,
2: well, I mean, I, I was in a band in high school with some friends, and then I moved to Wa- Well, When I went to Washita, I was I went there to study the biblical studies. That was that was what I went to mainly study. And What does that mean?
0: Biblical you, studies. You uh, basically went to I went to study the Bible. Study the Bible,
2: and just found out that I was was reading the Bible all wrong, pretty much. Right. So that was. I'm glad I went there for that, but I. You know, I think it's
0: probably common, right? Because there's so many transla- translation, trans, Lations. translations. There's all these different. Well, you're a Baptist, you're a Catholic, you're a Methodist. like, yeah. So many people are going to read it. You know. Well, it'll, yeah, it'll, and they just they, they
2: basically was a great school for teaching you how to study the Bible, how to what they call exegete, which is you know digging in and really. Take... That might
0: have been where did we have a class together?
2: I'm sure we did. Yeah. That like an probable. Old Testament. Yeah, probably. Like Old Testament uh, Theology or something With
0: uh, Who's the dude that then wrote that book And you told me to read that book And I uh, I don't know And Who I read it that? And I started piecing together his stories Come on He was like one of our favorite uh, When you came Hayes
1: Duval it, no, uh,
0: no, 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 no The super smart dude Whose son Made like a straight 36 on his
2: SAT. Oh, Randy
1: Richards Richards yeah, yeah, yeah Oh,
2: yeah Randy Richards We could have been in Richards class Yeah, evening, that dude was
1: awesome Yeah, he was he's amazing He's a good dude yeah. Really cool son was super smart, <laughs> both Do you son, remember both him? Both his sons have PhDs When we now. were at Second no.
0: Baptist, and yeah, he, his son was in, like, sixth grade and taking math classes yeah. at college. He's got a... In, like, sixth grade.
1: He's yeah. got, like, two like, PhDs. One of them's from, like, Oxford in England. And, like, he's... No, he he, he stayed on that track. <laughs> he was stayed uber some, smart. Yeah. Some people do that. I don't know. All
0: right, what's your... Do you, do you remember anything? I mean, I don't really remember much... About, do you remember any? I don't remember much about you, do you?
1: About the school
2: or, or school? No, or about
0: did we ever, I don't know if we really ever interacted or knew each other. Well, he,
1: he like was in the refuge band. Okay, that was, must have been where it was. Like, I,
0: rem- I remembered who you were, yeah. but and I didn't you like, know the, you,
1: know you. Yeah, weren't you working at Second Baptist Church?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, my senior year. Yeah. While I was, it's funny you were talking about hazing, so. It, at Washita it's a Baptist school, and so it's not a national brand, so to speak, and so we didn't have fraternities and sororities. Yeah, and we had social clubs. called social clubs. Yeah. My senior year, because I had been playing football with a bunch of the guys and living in their dorm, they had joined a national fraternity across the street. Huh. That was called uh, Phi Beta Sigma. Phi Beta Sigma.
1: And so I became friends with some of those guys. Wait, what's their hand signal? I I, I know this. What's the, they have a thing. What's the thing? Yeah, I say rock and roll horns. So well, it's
0: not, it's sort of rot it's not this, it's, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So right. they, they talked me into it my senior year to join.
1: Oh, cool. So I remember. You
0: probably didn't know that, yeah.
1: I remember you, I remember you doing that. Right? I, I Yes, you are the only insane. white guy.
0: Third guy in the state of Arkansas to ever join a national black fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma. Yeah, and really? S- and so, yeah, at That's that good. point in time, I was working at the church, and I was teaching the kids, and I full padded. I had I had multiple, as much padding on as I could because I knew as soon as I was done, I had to go take my beating for the night. Four weeks and two days, I would get oh, my ass gosh. beat. That's
1: so you amazing. want to talk how, about wait,
0: haze? How long? How long? Four weeks and two thing.
2: days. You were hazed that long? Yeah. Oh,
0: Jesus. Well, that wasn't even, I mean, some of them went longer. It all depended on how you grasped the information, how the, your line. We had had five of us. I was the middle, of
1: course. Um, And and, you were at a disadvantage because you couldn't dance. Right. (laughs) We
0: we talked about that on a podcast, actually. They were laughing about, well, how did you do it because you can't dance? You're white. That's hilarious. Right? Uh, We had people that would come in and try and teach me.
2: <laughs> I was was
1: sure. cuz you all had the step cruise? Yeah, right? cruises. We, we had step. step. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that. awesome, dude. Yeah, they doing the step.
0: So, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of what that, that's interesting. I was trying to figure out how we but we don't really know each other, know each other. Jay and I we hung out quite a uh Jeremy Nottingham uh, uh we,
1: we did several things. We we went to Africa together.
0: Right, but before that, we had, we hung out so We did spring though,
1: break. We did together. spring break. Um Man. Well, like I said, I, I remember Who you was the because he Who was a South African guy? Why
0: can I not think of his name?
1: <coughs> Which one? There's a few South African guys.
0: Oh, man, he was the coolest dude ever. We were hanging out with him quite a bit.
1: I cannot South African. Think...
0: Yeah, he was South African. A white South African. And Joey Gordon? No.
1: Yeah? Uh... Garth
0: Lumber. No, nobody really knew him. He was pretty
2: quiet.
1: Oh, no. No, I remember. Yeah. He was from Zimbabwe. Daryl Friend. Daryl. Oh,
2: Daryl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Such an awesome That dude. was a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think I knew you uh, basically kind of through Jay, uh-huh. too. Like, So really, that's mainly how.
0: Oh. So, Jay, tell us about the cigar. So, we're not drinking beer. We're drinking whiskey because whiskey that's your, your go-to.
1: Yeah, I like whiskey. Whiskey and cigars. Whiskey and cigar. What cigar did you give us? This cigar is called... The Mystic Monk. <laughs> the it, Mystic What? The Mystic Monk. And it, it has a story. So my my pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, owns a cigar lounge called the Smoker's Abbey. He's not Baptist. He's not Baptist, no. And the uh <laughs> he kinda wanted some he likes to do different things. So he was trying to find uh some cigars that were rare or whatever. So he starts contacting people in Nicaragua and like, hey, what do you have that like you're just trying to get rid of? And in the La, La Aurora warehouse, they had these stacks of cigars uh, blended by my father's cigars sitting in the back. They've been sitting there for 10 years. It, I don't know, it was like an order someone had that didn't fall, came through. They've been aging for ten years in Nicaragua, and he said, "I'll take them." That's what these are. That's what these are, and so they're exclusively wow. available at Smokers Abbey in Nashville, Tennessee. Plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ten-year aged, blended by my father's cigars, rolled by La Aurora. Does he ship? Yes, he does. They they they'll do they. Because it's sh- a great cigar. They ship nationwide. Yeah. So yeah, it is. This it's great.
0: Very easy smoke good flavor
1: Mm -hmm. great choice it's it's complex it's aged well Um, i'm really
0: glad you put back that crappy one that you were going (laughs) to (laughs) get
1: yeah i like these and these are actually fairly inexpensive because it was like just because he was able to do kind of a different kind of thing um there's a lot less overhead so he sells these for six bucks oh wow yeah
0: does he have a website
1: uh I'm assume, yeah, smokersabbey.com probably. Cool.
0: Plug it, we get ten percent.
1: There you go. All right. That'll <laughs> work. That's the way this <laughs> goes, right? That'll work. I'm sure you I'm sure he'll honor that. All right, so Sean. We tell
2: owe us- you
1: we owe you for our microphones. <laughs> he's the guy I do my podcast with, Catacomb Podcast. Let me plug that again. Oh yeah. He okay. Go, go give I us forgot. Five stars. He's, he's the one that does that. And you 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 were our first sponsor. We were. Because you love so, so it's much. about time that You become our first. (laughs) There there we go. There we go. (laughs) Pay it forward. back
0: to the guy who paid it for it. Right? Nice. All right, so I wanted to get into because I wanted to take a brief moment. So I know you guys probably didn't come here thinking that we would do this, but I figured we're going to be sitting out here chatting anyway. I would love, I think it's a great time to get some information. Um, You are an artist, a musician is an artist. same, we teach that detailers are artists. Their landscape, their their platform, so to speak, um, their canvas is different in that it's a vehicle, but they can take whatever different training, they can take whatever tools, and they can restore, they can revive, they can change a vehicle and put their expression onto it. So we kind of teach that it's an art form. Yeah. Um, just the same way as a mu- musician is an artist what point did you go, okay, I think I should make a career out of this?
2: Uh, Still working on that again? Still working (laughs) on the career. Fair enough. enough. I want want it to be a career, but it's like, uh, good Lord, man, it's one of the hardest, it is, I think, one of the most difficult art forms to make any kind of living. You know, like with detailing and, and, and car work, I could see how that would be, uh, not necessarily easy to make a living in. Well oh, yeah, not at all. I, I, but I could see how... Well,
0: let's let's take that back. It actually, like, it's an easy thing to get into. When I said a second ago, you were like, hey, what have you been up to? Like, who are you? Because yeah. we haven't... We literally probably haven't talked in 20 years.
2: Yeah.
0: I literally just bought a power washer and started cleaning cars. Yeah, so you're awesome. right. No. It's easy to get into.
1: Yeah, but, but... I think what Sean means also is that there's an expectation of uh compensation whereas like in music I i'll just know, stream your
2: oh oh you're gonna spend twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars making this record oh can I have it for ten dollars a month and you get fractions of a penny for what you spent thirty thousand dollars making you know like that that doesn't it, it's horrible like artists musicians at least uh especially if you're not like well known or signed and you're what they call independent Artist, uh, it's very difficult to make a living, any kind of living from music. Uh, you have w- to. Why is that? Like, break it down a little <coughs> bit. Of, uh, well, it's pretty complicated. Because
1: we're not going to know anything. We're well, just, that, I, that I mean, I guess that's more the my standard, of, the I'm standard. The standard of the living. Business guy, but
2: it, it. So, for instance, well, let me. This is one small way to start, and I'll let him kick it. Like, standard of living rises every year, right? Milk becomes more expensive. Bread becomes more expensive. You know the dollar's weaker, therefore things cost more. Well, for some reason with music, it goes down. So like, how can I get music for a song for a dollar a twenty nine? And then it went down to a dollar, and then it went down to oh, I can get a song for. So is that because of is free. that because
0: of the internet? The internet yeah. and like it, yeah. streaming. stuff like streaming, pand- yeah. like. Right. I mean, I think we were just listening to. So- I mean, I do. You know, Spotify nonstop. Yeah,
2: yeah. Spotify. So has that
0: type of stuff hurt, I guess? Yes. Or does it or is it a platform that if you can get your stuff published out more, maybe somebody will hear and somebody'll pick it up. Here's here's the
1: here's the massive shift that's happened just really in the last ten years. Um, recorded music used to be a, a, a revenue source. Now it's a marketing expense. So you used to be able to make music, put it out there, people would buy it, and it was one of your primary sources of revenue as a musician. Now it's an expense. You have to do it, but it costs you. You don't make money off of it. So like
0: when we used to go to, did you go to Memphis in May?
1: I did. I've been, yeah.
0: No, I mean with, uh, it's funny, we keep talking about Jesse Mullinax, right? I think he, (laughs) so one time with Jesse, I went up to visit his sister up in Wisconsin, and that was wild. Um, I felt, I, I literally felt like a dwarf among giants, the size of the people there. They were enormous, the Vikings up
1: there, right?
0: No, it's the beer and the cheese. I think Amazing.
1: everybody was
0: huge. Anyway, uh, we also went to Memphis in May one year mm. and we stayed in like this, like camper in the back of somebody's yard. I don't think I did. I was friends with that, that wasn't group of you? people,
1: but I don't think... Okay, didn't, yeah. I didn't know.
0: I couldn't remember if you went with us on that or not. Yeah. But so when we would go to, you know, music festivals or go hear somebody, they were always selling CDs.
1: Right, yeah. exactly. And that was a primary revenue and source. And that's what I
0: was going to ask. Was that yeah. a big... That's a, that was a big revenue source back then.
1: Absolutely. No. So
0: now you got a show. Do you, you, I mean, you, there's nothing really... you can't sell a CD anymore, can you? Do people even? I mean, I don't. Last yeah. time, I, last time I listened to a CD, I have it's, no idea. It's
1: less and less because I, I think mostly people maybe have a CD player in their car, but like um, a couple. By default, years, you're right. And a couple of years ago, Apple took out the CD-ROM drive, and then other computer makers started following suit, and and so then you can't even rip a CD to your iTunes. You have to buy it straight from iTunes. Well then. They get rid of. I mean, now it's just Apple Music or Spotify. Now it's strictly streaming. I mean, that's it. And so now, what you get from streaming um, is, well, Sean said fractions of a penny. He wasn't exaggerating. You get fractions of a penny for each stream. So like, and I'm talking about rounded to the 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 ten thousandth of a penny.
0: Is it what? Uh, who's the country chick that uh, that really stopped? It was Then she went pop. What's her name? She's real pop. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. And she had a big deal with Spotify and the streamers, right? Didn't well, she, she make she a p- statement? She,
1: well, she, her record came out. She put it on Spotify for a week and then took it off. So she did the marketing part where it's like, okay, you can hear it. Now you can't. Now you need to go get it, you know, and pay for it.
2: Well, and the thing is, is, okay, if you want to go through the history of music very briefly, recorded music, you know, recorded music started happening in the... I guess the early, or the early 1900s really was when recorded music started with the, uh, you know, things like the Edison spool. That's going way. Too You're going far back. way back. Yeah. yeah, way back. So they started with the Edison spool, Victrola, you know, with your old records with the big old megaphone horn, you know, thing. And uh, <clears throat> so back in the day, you know, on up until like almost like the 50s, music was music was similar to, to how it is now. Uh, Music was similar to how it is now It was just like uh, You know people would record it And then they would put it on these They would record it by putting it on these discs And uh, Then they would just It would be an expense To basically advertise Their artist (coughs) And to advertise that they're coming to their town To play live shows So music was Money was mainly made through the live shows of their artists, but the way to advertise for their live shows were selling these what they called singles, you know, which was just a oh yeah just a one disc little uh, record that had two songs on it, one on the front, an A side and a B side.
1: All the way through, like with the recording boom of the 50s, um, that's how it was. Everything
2: was always you had to buy the
1: the actual. Right, music. but they were still to promote. To promote Tours. artists
2: coming in live. And that's where they made their money was ticket oh, sales live. But then, all, all the of a sudden,
1: the money being made from record sales started to exceed the money made from live performances. In about the late 50s with Elvis, on into the
2: Beatles. And then recorded music became what was making the most money.
0: So, so when, when you, were, you were in high school, and your favorite song comes on, did you ever grab your tape, stick it in the tape thing, and hit record?
1: I did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah make mixtapes and stuff. And... Yeah. Yeah. But,
2: so that was kind of.
1: Yeah, that that was like a, a early kind of bootlegging kind of thing or whatever. But if you're on the radio back then in the '90s, you were You'd, it you'd already made it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so you were no mind. one ever felt like they were. So now it's kind of switched
2: back to that old model due to the internet. It's kind of come to this point where, like Jay was saying earlier, uh, recorded recorded music is an advertising cost now. You still have to make them. You still have to make recorded music, but you only do that to push your artist, to push your push sound. your brand, push your brand, yeah. push your brand, and then hopefully they come out to live shows. And it's, you still make your most money from artists are having to tour a lot again from the live.
1: But yeah. the problem is, it's still not it's not evening out because <laughs> uh, it. it we're in a culture now where people people don't go out much. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, you can sit at home and watch... Yeah, the, Netflix all night. Yeah. Yeah, or probably, I could even watch... You can watch live concerts. You all can night. watch live concerts. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can stream them. And here whatever. before
0: long, yeah. like seriously, wait until we start putting in... You know, VR is still way... Yeah, it's yeah. not here yet. We're probably another eight, five, eight years before VR gets a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. So wait until you put in a contact lens or even let's just even say you're put on your goggles and I'm at a show
2: yeah. Right.
0: like they put a camera there I feel that I am all the interactions like that's that's where that's so the expectation
1: of the market is that there's almost like an entitlement to music we're so saturated with it that there's like this entitlement of course I'm gonna have music and no one really considers the cost it goes into it's a creating that it is right a cool
0: I brought that up because I wanted to get into the struggle or the climb of what it takes because I like I said if I'm going to compare detailers to artists and some of that same right a little bit different right right because it's specific to your your lifestyle and your genre but as an artist of anybody there's a struggle right there's a lot of There's a lot of detailers that are continuing to try and grow, trying to do more, more than just have a mobile unit or more than just have a detail shop. They want to, you know, grow and have more. Like, it's just, it's the same, it's the same climb in a sense. So, well, we'll,
2: but for instance, I I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong because I most likely am, but detailers like in a city, you know, there's, in comparison to musicians, there's musicians all over the place, clamoring. The fighting. market,
0: in a sense, is more flooded with musicians exactly than, than it
1: is than detailers to. in a specific city or whatever. Yeah. a lot of people aspire to it. Now, there's not a lot of so cool. Here, quality, here would but. be the
0: here would be the the way. Like you said, I'm not going to correct you because you're wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to say. So detailers then compete. Their competition is everybody that, especially here in Oklahoma, whenever it rains. So we compete with God, because. <laughs> when people say, "Oh, it's about to rain," then I don't need to wash my car. I don't need to clean my car. We compete with that. We also compete huh. with car washes.
1: Yeah. Because you can run you through just, for yeah. five
0: bucks or six right. bucks or whatever and get your car cleaned. So there's a lot of detailers that on Instagram or different things are trash talking and bad mouthing car washes because they're going to scratch your car. And I'm I'm more of the artist. Yeah. Come come do me. So. They compete heavily with that, um, and then of course they have got the other competitors. But I would, i mean, I'm not saying that yours is not competitive at all. I think we all know the music industry is, yeah. is is extremely competitive. But there is a lot of competition inside. If if you're going to start trying to detail cars, you have a lot to compete against.
2: So, but the thing, so yeah, so the similarities there. I would Plus, say... you've
0: got to compete against McGuire's and all the people that are saying, "Hey, wash your car at home."
2: Yeah, so the right? de- so yeah, exactly. So the detailers, I could see like with music, the thing is is you don't you can't just be a great detailer. You know, you can't just be a great musician. Like you might be a great artist, a great songwriter, whatever. But if you're not if you're not business savvy as well, which I am not, then it's it's even more difficult. That's why a lot of artists they have to have management. They have to have people who can think businessly, you know, some of the greatest like like James Brown the reason that guy was so brilliant was because he wasn't just a great musician and artist; he was a hell of a businessman. Mm. And, he and most knew, people
0: don't know that. I would never have known. Yeah, him. he was,
2: yeah. you know, he was the hardest working man in showbiz, is what they called him. You know, but so I can see how if you're a detailer, you might be, you might make someone's car look. You, you might be able to rejuvenate somebody's car like in a way to where like, dude, that is like insanely. I, I can't even believe it looks like a brand new freaking car. But that doesn't matter if you don't know how to put yourself out there and like you said, brand yourself and, and get people to be like, oh, he is, he, I need that guy. I need what he's doing, you know. And that's really hard to do in, in whatever art form you're doing.
1: There's there's got to be and, and I don't know that world as well, but I, I we have in the in the music industry we call gatekeepers. So like the masses don't know what they want, and there used to be these gatekeepers you could trust, and and some of them are still there. Like Rolling Stone magazine still exists. Um, interesting
0: because i haven't heard that name in a
1: while, I know right, but they, they they still exist, but there there are still gatekeepers, but it's not like it used to be because used to if you got reviewed in Rolling Stone, you, your album went gold you're done you yeah. know at least went gold, yeah you know, and we don't have the gatekeepers like we used to. Spotify kind of is because they do these recommended plays or if you get placed on a playlist or kind of they're sort of but it's not like it used to be. And so, but you you still have to trust the gatekeepers to say, these are people of taste, these are people of discernment, who can say why the masses should appreciate this.
0: So in detailing, we'd call that word of mouth. You've got to find the people that will recommend you, is that is that sort I, well, of what you're saying? I,
1: well, yeah, I, w- I don't know what the, de- I mean, I I would guess it would be someone, hmm, I don't know, maybe like a car collector that people really respect. Mm-hmm. Who, are like, this guy knows cars, and if he says this is the guy, yep, then he's it's the a, guy. That's a very, you know?
0: very valid point on that. You know? Definitely.
1: So, I mean, and so the gatekeepers are the ones who really can make an artist to the masses, because the masses can't discern for themselves necessarily. Because <clears throat> it takes a lot of time. Um, it takes, like, depending at. Um, Our gatekeeper, a
0: massive gatekeeper for us, is Instagram. Well, yeah. Depending on how that algorithm goes and if we do the right things or not, we get in front of the right people. Right. If detailers will make the post in the right way and not just be bragging about their stuff, but actually be business savvy and to use it as a business model, yeah. it allows more opportunity. Well, but the
2: other sad thing is with music is like, for instance... Uh let's just talk about country music for a quick second. Ooh, that's all we need is like
0: one second. Because Nashville
2: <laughs> Well they're the ones making money. Well, so. they're the ones yeah, they're the they're the artists that are still them in hip hop pretty much. But like the thing is is you know, you have this machine called Nashville that is kind of running things. But the sad thing is, is the radio is still one of the biggest gatekeepers. And the problem is is radio stations they play what they're being given monetarily. Mm-hmm. So what they call payola. Payola. So they they which is technically illegal it's but technically illegal, there's but ways but around they still it. do it. So every every record label, big record label, they have they have etched out they they've figured out the the system of it costs this much to make a number one single. Okay? Doesn't doesn't matter if the song's good or not. Right. If we push I think 600 at least $600,000 towards this one song, we can get it to number 1 if we marketing if, we, yeah. if they market it the right way. If we call, if we spend they even know how to spend how much they spend on YouTube hits cool. to get that many hits. So you
0: take a, an idea of what you're wanting to do and if you market it the right way
2: it could happen. So, so how many songs out there are actually really great songs, mm-hmm. or are they just number one because people put a crap ton of World, money? Bro, we see that it? all
0: the time. I mentioned Instagram. <clears throat> There's so many people that post photos or do different like to publicize a certain way, but are they really that good? I think that's in every. I mean, I like playing ping pong, and that's what I want to do with you, is to help. I think our listeners and the people that are detailers to understand. Like, I'm trying to put out the best I can. How do I get to where I want to be right if i 'm only doing a car a day, how do I get to five yeah. right it is in a sense dumbed down it's the same the struggles that you have we could translate them into the struggles we have just in a different avenue yeah is do you think that's a fair statement or not i mean i'm not trying to
1: well i'm sure me. i'm sure in a lot of ways that there's ways that guys who are listen in any any Field that you're in there's guys that are considered inferior talents who yeah got at the end of the day whose daddy's rich at the end of the or, day it's
0: either good or not right Yeah, but,
1: but maybe their daddy's rich or maybe they were really successful at some other job and they wanted to get into this thing and they got deep pockets so that they can put themselves out there in a way they can market themselves so they're in front of more people which creates more business for themselves and for well, all anyone knows no they're doubt. the best ones or yeah. the things that I'll give you a great example. This is great. This is the quintessential example. So, I was just in Philadelphia last week and I went and got a cheesesteak. Well, the, 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 the debate among Philadelphians is Gino's or Pats. They're right across the street from one another, right? Mm. Now, Geno's does better business, they actually gross more, but there's I a mean, fierce debate over Pats or Geno's. But why does Genos do better? They're right across the street. They basically make the same product. What is the difference? Genos is bigger, is branded better, they've got the lights, they've got the glitz. Pats is uh a a brick building with minimal Which advertisement. Do you say is
0: better? I like Pats. You like you like the underdog.
1: But exactly. But that's but Geno's does better business because they've got deep pockets they've you know i don't know i don't know which one was there first but it's like they've just branded themselves better and i'm not going to say they're an inferior product but they're the same product basically you know oh gosh don't and tell and anyone for, i hope no it. one from philadelphia is listening which we say that because too. they would debate that but I mean. so
0: it's interesting i was actually uh on a facebook group detailers for dummies and there was a post about hey there's this brand called f11 that's come out and they're pu- they they're spending a ton of money marketing, showing videos and different things. And they've made a lot. Like, if they keep doing it this much, like, they're making money. Like, they're doing a lot. But at detail, like, the true on the score, you know, basically what you would say, true talent or yeah. the true, like, they know that it's just a marketing ploy. Right? Right? And so it was a post about them and this other company, and I was like, hey, listen, and people just started going in. But it all came down to, who spent the most marketing and it didn't really mean about about the product which is your point Like, it yeah. doesn't matter about if you're good or not It's who's spending the most marketing
1: right and i'm all about market education and, and marketing and is like, key
0: right mark, it you is you
1: have to be but, good at marketing but here's the thing about marketing you have to find a mark and i'm tr- i try to tell people in whatever i'm doing I, one of my big things is coffee and so I'm all, yeah, about co- right. I'm all about coffee education. Bro, because I got
0: bad coffee tomorrow. Sorry.
1: Well, well I brought good coffee. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> is don't be a mark. Educate yourself. Don't, don't be fooled and manipulated simply by marketing. Because you're like, well, it seems like a, a superior product. It seems good. Like but you don't. 10X. You don't know. You know? You don't know. Well, Apple's, a, Apple's brilliant at marketing. <laughs> They're brilliant at it. That's are they making the company. best products? No. They are making top products, but are they the best? No. Are they do? Are they twice as good as anyone else? No. But do they have double the sales? Yeah. Wow. For us, that marketing. would be
0: Meguiar's or Chemical Guys, which is the next Meguiar's for the younger generation. And they do an incredible job of marketing. They started small, market, market, market. Now they're in like, I think they're in... Walmart, uh, oh yeah, well, if you're in Walmart, auto Part, yeah. like they are, they have exploded.
1: Yeah, mm. well, and I, I'm always I'm all about market education, so that people can discern for themselves. Like I, I mentioned, coffee, but it's like develop your palate. You know, no, know, know the diff- don't depend on the gatekeepers. Become a gatekeeper. Figure out what's better than other things, and if you can educate the market, then the marketing is less effective.
0: And, and that's why I would say a lot of detailers fail. When I said a second ago on Instagram, they just like to show off. They don't really do education. So on your point, an artist or a you know a detailer, he should market himself through education. Is that basically what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I'm saying become an expert and show other people how they can become an expert too. And then they're going to look to you mm-hmm. to know... Well, what's what? When new things come out or was it? Um... So good book, I don't read, I, I <laughs>
0: listen, right? I think we've even talked about that. A good book is called Utility. Okay. And that's exactly what he talks about, is if you do your videos and you do your different stuff, or musicianly-wise, if you describe why, the, I, you know, I don't know, that goes into um, fucking tone death, so I don't know anything really about music, but... Uh, like, if you can say why there are certain things, like you become the expert, then people lean on you for the knowledge. And then when they need something, who are they going to call?
1: Absolutely. They're going to call the expert. Well, this, and, and so I, I'm Sean's manager, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I tell him on uh, his, at this point, very minimal social media presence. But one of the things I say is, like, hey, one of your wheelhouses is history of rock and roll history oh, totally. of music and like this is what you people need to come to you because Why you are do the they expert do, yeah you you know where the things came and from if you're you in know blues, where it's going you should
0: do a documentary on blues right
1: yeah. exactly so and, and that and that's the thing is like you become like the gatekeepers are the ones who actually make or break people that traditionally that's what it means to be a gatekeeper and my idea, what I'm saying right now is become one. Become a gatekeeper. Because the internet allows exactly.
0: everybody to be anything.
1: Right. Now you can't fake the funk. You you do you have, have, to, have to You know have to know your shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is funny when we see YouTube videos as detailers, you know, you watch YouTube videos, like that guy either knows the stuff or he's just bullshitting. Yeah. So right. it probably goes along the same lines. So I wanted to get into like the climb so to speak so um with the like what have you had to do to to go from where you were to where you're at what are some of the climb what are some of the struggles that you've had to go through
2: well like they say you know you gotta have the blues before you can play the blues i don't know they say that no well they say they they have they have have said said that
1: that. (laughs) uh so, yeah, I mean... If God, you, we've been friends for too long. We're freaking... <laughs> we're finishing yeah. each other's... Sentences. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh,
2: but, yeah, it's just... Like, for me... Uh, for me, it's it's been a long... For me, I've been a slow learner, basically, essentially. So, like, I've had to... I've spent 15 years, pretty much, working on... what. Well, in 12 of those... Well, maybe 10 of those 15 years just trying to figure Longer out... Longer
0: than 15, right? You said you started in high school.
2: Yes, yes, yes. But I'm saying, like, when it became like this... Uh, when, you ter- when you try to turn pro. Yeah. When there, you I was, yeah there you go. Yeah, when I was trying to turn pro, you know, whatever, it took, it's, it took me 10 years to just find my sound and find out who I was as a musician and as an artist. And, you know, from there... From the 10-year spot, it's taken me another, you know, at least, well, that's maybe more than 10. Or maybe it took me about eight years to find It took me a while. Yeah, and to where now it's, like, been seven years of, like, crafting that, you know, uh, and, and just really honing it in. And so what a lot of people don't realize is, how long you know aretha franklin i think maybe had the song or someone in that line had the song called you know it took me 15 years to be an overnight success you know and i could see how that is in any kind of art form like with detailing i mean you probably learn something all the time or new stuff comes around or people invent different stuff or newer chemicals it's like okay how can we use this to make this better and you know you have to constantly be working and uh so for me, it just it's it's been a slow, a very slow process, like barbecue. You know, the best barbecue is slow cooked.
0: Yeah, hey, there's my yeah, smoker right there. Yeah, there there's I made me some barbecue. Cook.
2: Yeah, so
1: you know, man, that's
0: what I should have done. Just, you told me I should have went and got some ribs or some wings or something. I should have
1: said it. I should have. You yeah. should
0: have said it, man. I could have fucking smoked some good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: but like barbecue, man, the best kind of meat is slow cooked, and I think any kind of art is the best. Is People who've had to struggle and people who've had to work and people who've had to grit and grind.
1: Uh, and sacrifice. I love that you mentioned
0: that. Hold on. So, what's some of the grit and the grime that you've had to go through? Uh, but let's uh,
1: just—we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Memphis Grizzlies' grit and grind. It fucking dead. suck. Thunder <laughs> rule. That's not fucking oh, suck the Grizzlies thunder up. I don't think that's the case. Thunder
0: up. I mean, you guys even did you? Get, I'm just curious because I haven't even seen. I haven't seen. The franchises that are out this year, I I don't know. Did you guys even field a team? Did you get enough people that come on?
1: We beat the Jazz tonight. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. they were a playoff team last year. We beat the Jazz tonight. Thank you. I didn't even know you had a team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're still still around.
0: They're still around? Yeah. Okay. You
1: you guys are happy because you kept Paul George. Oh, man, so happy. Like,
0: I could not believe he stayed. Like, nobody here thought that he was ever going to stay. Never thought in our wildest dreams that he was going to stay.
1: The problem is Russell Westbrook stayed. Oh, I agree. He's the I've problem. I've never
0: been a Westbrook fan. He's the problem. I'm the only person in the state of Oklahoma that doesn't like
2: Westbrook. I will. You, you guys have common is sense. It, <laughs> is it Paul George now and kind of regretting that he stayed? He probably is. Seriously. I've heard reports. It's that been like three like,
1: games in. He's like, what did oh, I do? I like, why did I not a, go
2: put with LeBron? It was <laughs> not. A, exactly. Like, he should have. Like,
1: well, yeah, what that's... was
0: going through his mind?
1: <laughs>
0: if you guys want more beer, grab another beer.
1: Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing about that, though. I'll bring it back around because I'm a professional podcaster. I know how to segue. (laughs) (laughs) So you get paid? (laughs)
0: Hell yeah, man. Nice job. Bring it up top. Someone taught
1: us some mics. Hey, all right. Um, (laughs) The grit and grind mentality, though, is is an ethos that says the most valuable things happen through a process of suffering.
0: Mm, I like it.
1: Um. Right. Yeah. The most valuable things in life happen through a process of suffering, mm-hmm. and that would be the. Uh,
0: what's the uh, uh, it it takes? Was it charcoal or what does it take to make a diamond?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, coal pressure. Pressure
0: yeah. on the coal right. makes a diamond.
1: Exactly. So that that's that that's the idea. Is that there there is value in the struggle, um, the. We live in a, in a millennials. I don't know, whatever. I, people rail on millennials. But, youngins. But we got
0: a youngin over we here. We got a
1: youngin sitting over here. I got a couple but youngins. The, it's, all, it's
0: all good.
1: The idea is though that they want instant results and that they, um, you know, are entitled and and whatever this. And, I, and I, don't, I don't want to blame that on them, but but no, the, the, because the,
0: it's not their fault.
1: No, no, no. There's How some, were they raised? Exactly. I mean, they were raised an by us and kind of, exactly. our
0: generation who didn't want them to fail. And right. so they gave them eight-place trophies and told them you'll always be great in life. Right.
1: Just play. <laughs> but and what just we go out on the soccer
0: field and kick the ball and you'll get a trophy. What we should have said is
1: go fail. Y- yes. Go struggle. Go, go struggle. fail.
0: Do you think when I grabbed a power washer and started cleaning cars, do you think I miraculously developed into a business? No. I had to fucking learn. Yes, I messed mean. cars up, yeah. and I had to figure out what... The customer liked and didn't like. I had to learn marketing, which was like, I didn't know marketing. So I had to go try and figure out how to do it. I had to fail a lot. What's
2: difficult with artists, too, a lot of times is we're some of the most insecure people as well. So marketing is really difficult for people who are insecure, (laughs) you know, and, and have struggles with. Their value as a person.
0: So, so it's interesting. One of the quotes that I had down for the, the show notes ought, is a quote that I've heard. And I'll butcher the quote, but it's from Mike Tyson. And it, somewhere along the lines of, everybody wants to get into the ring until they take a punch to the face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that reminds me of the, the, you remember that movie, The Ghost in the Darkness? Ooh, yeah. It, it, oh yeah! Uh, oh
0: man, who was that guy? Michael the Douglas. Michael Douglas no, and Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer.
1: Yeah, Val Kilmer. I loved him. So as Michael act- D- Michael Douglas looks at Val Kilmer because they're trying to kill these lions. That's an right? old
0: school movie. It
1: is. That's great. So he look. They're trying to kill these two man eating lions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Michael Douglas is playing the character of Remington, who is the one the man behind Remington rifles. Oh, really? Um, and it all it, came from that movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that. well I he really was... Like that, I this was a true story. Hollywood. Right. Yeah. But, any, but anyway, he's playing the man Remington himself who came to try to figure out how to get rid of these mm-hmm. man-eating lions. And he, so Michael Douglas is playing this character, and he looks at Val Kilmer, and Val Kilmer's telling him the plan and all this, and Michael Douglas, he looks at him and says, everyone's got a plan until they get hit. Mm. you know, And it's like, you got it all figured out until you get punched in the face. And and that's real. And life always, always punches you in the face. Always. And what you learn from that is more valuable than all of the data that you acquired to develop your plan. You know. But that is necessary to the process. So the years of struggle are necessary to any kind of success you want. But the problem is, people quit before they find that mm. success. Right. They give up. Because they're like, this is too difficult. I'm never going to get there. They never understand that this is a necessary step to where I want to be. to love the
0: process of of getting punched.
1: exactly. Basically, that's what it. you're saying. You have to in, in
0: order to get where you want to go. You got to love being fucking punched. If in the you want to win in the uh-huh. ring,
1: you got to get hit some. That's part of the deal.
0: Well, and I think that's what's cool about MMA's become so massively st- in our culture. Yeah, I'm addicted. Like, if, if there's a fight on, I'd much rather watch that than boxing, which you mentioned the 50s. Like, back in the day, it was all
2: boxing. Yeah, it was heavyweights. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, I just want to watch yeah, MMA yeah. because you never know at one moment the whole fight changes. But at MMA...
1: Did you see that crazy shit with uh, Conor McGregor oh, and that, that one guy? Oh, of course, like, yeah. Well, I didn't see it, but, man, I watched but it that's But I was exactly going to go <laughs> that into that. Nuts. The <laughs> point of MMA
0: you don't have undefeated champions mm-hmm. yeah you've got people that have six or seven oh, lo- Like always yeah. losses you've got conor mcgregor the ma- one of the biggest names in the f- in and he's a
2: great marketer people would say he's a marketing <laughs> he, genius he, well yeah
0: well yeah look at the fight yeah. he got with
2: uh, uh freaking floyd uh, yeah Mayweather, like yeah. how
0: did that ever happen he did it by going to market himself, yeah, and called him out. Like he knew this the game, so to speak. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and you can take a lot of losses and still be a champion. Yeah, is I think what people miss. That's, which that's t- a good word, man. Say that again. You, <laughs> I can't.
2: You can you, you can, can take, take a lot, lot of losses
0: lot, and still be, still a, be champion. a champion. So
2: let me plug which another way? podcast real quick because we're talking about this and specifically about boxing, and you mentioned Mike Tyson, but on Joe Rogan's. Uh, podcast. He had Teddy like
1: Atlas. Joe Rogan needs
2: a plug. He doesn't need a plug. He doesn't especially need a plug. from us. <laughs> no, he doesn't need a plug at all. I didn't mean that. I was I was being <laughs> I was being facetious. But it, it's worth watching because he was interviewing Teddy Atlas, who, uh, you know, Jesus trained Mike Tyson when he was like 13. 14. He, he started <laughs> Mike Tyson started when he was thirteen or fourteen, but they lied about his age and said he was seventeen because he yeah. was like one hundred and ninety pounds at fourteen years old. Bro,
0: do you so, ever watch some of the Facebook stuff that comes through the old I mean I was too young I think for me I didn't respect Mike Tyson's
1: I didn't I wasn't really conscious of him until he got beat by my, by well, by But he see he talked differently about
2: Tyson and it was brilliant I mean Joe Rogan didn't respond for 12 minutes literally this this Teddy Atlas was in such a zone talking about it. he's like you know he's from New York or whatever he's like he's like you know you know he was a kid you know he, he'd hit himself in an alley when people, kids would beat him up, you know, he was raised without a family, really, so you'd hide him between these walls. And he never found the grit. I mean, what was he, like 50 and, 50 and 5, something like that? But in my book, and then this is no offense, people are going to hate me, was he the fastest puncher? Yes. Was he one of the greatest punchers? Yes. Was he the strongest puncher? Yes. But in my book, Tyson was 0 and 5. He's like, you're probably going to hate me for that. Basically, what he was saying was, a lawyer is not truly a lawyer until he's in the courtroom getting his ass handed to him by the judge, and by the other people. And he figures out a way. He fights and fights to figure out a way to win. Or a doctor's not truly a doctor until he's got a kid on the table, a kid that looks just like his kid, bleeding all over the place. And he fights and he struggles and figures out how to patch this guy up. And he said, you know, Tyson was never, in his book, never really won because when he found people, when, he, when, when, it, when the hit stared him right in the face, like Holdy Field, Buster Douglas, he could not figure out a way to get out of that. He it scared him, and he went and hit him between the walls, basically.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, it was Tyson it was heavy. Was? Well, no, he. I mean, he stopped boxing. I mean, that was the thing. That was the whole thing. I mean, his career. That's ended why he could never. He after, was, saying, you know?
2: was saying that's why he could never get past Evander Holyfield because Evander Holyfield was completely the opposite. He he fought and fought and he knew he had he knew he had that fighter instinct in him, and what he was saying was Tyson was a was great in those fights. when he. I mean, he won them super fast, but he never had somebody who really challenged him. Oh, and when he, if and when it took did, him
0: too long, he would fail. And when he did, he
2: couldn't. Yeah. And he said, he said the only thing that a person like that is good at is, is knowing when another person is that. And he said Tyson could see in Holyfield's eyes. There was no way he was going to get past Holyfield. And I went back and watched those fights afterwards, and I could see it. When they went in the mm-hmm. middle of the ring with, mm-hmm. the, with the Dukes, you know? And they were staring at each other, Holy cold as ice, man. He just knew and he, he had his faith behind. Him. He he would tell the he would tell the media, God is allowing me to beat him. Jesus is on my side kind of thing. Which yeah. whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah. But <laughs> no, what I'm but saying when,
0: he was Muslim though, right?
2: No no no. I mean Holy Field was Christian. Is,
0: oh Holyfield was Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. My but
2: but when you saw Tyson Tyson went, he went after he became, jail Yeah, he became Muslim. He, he became did a Muslim. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah my bad. But but when you saw Tyson's face Looking back at him, I could see it in his eyes. I'm like, dude, Tyson knew he was gonna lose that fight, especially that second one. Watch that again when he bit his ear and stuff. Watch just the the front part. That's what I remember. I think that's why yeah. I never liked Tyson.
0: I remember seeing that, and as a kid, that. I got very judgmental. And I thought, it's,
2: it's, a,
1: it's a bitch move. He knew it's that was the only move. way out. Yeah. He knew yeah. that
2: was the only way out. He couldn't go another twelve rounds with this guy again. He, he knew he was gonna get beat, and so he he took he took the he, he took the easy way out, and. You know, it would cost him or whatever. I would never tell Tyson that yeah. to his face. <laughs>
1: right? No. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. well, but, so I might that,
0: yell it and run like, <laughs> "Hey, you're a bitch here. You're a bitch." Right. <laughs> and then run. Right?
1: There, there's a saying in the in the NFL. I think it's leaked into other things too, but I, I first heard it in the context of the NFL. That hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm. Right. I've heard that. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And one one of oh. one I.
0: There are people we've seen. I mean, you've seen. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. You've seen it in music world. You could see it in every different industry. You could have a talent to do something, but if you don't work hard, somebody that there,
1: there's a ceiling. Somebody that's that works low, hard is going to beat. Is going to beat you if you don't work. And I hard think at that it.
0: might almost be my motto. I'm not talented in a lot of stuff. Fucking ADD. I jump all over the place, and I'm yeah. not good at finishing things. I'm not good at doing a lot of stuff. But there's one thing that I do do. Fucking work. Well... I mean, you see... Like, you walk into my house, I haven't re-put floors down because I'd rather put that money towards the business. I've got bottles all over the place. And if you walked into the over the, the other room that I closed the door so you couldn't see, it's all kinds of shit because I spend most of my night working and trying to keep growing.
1: Yeah. Well, I...
0: Because I know that I'm not the most talented. I'm. I'm
1: not. But what if what if you have a measure of both, and that's the, that's oh that, those that's, that's the, the yeah that's, that's the, the golden ticket. That's right? a golden ticket. And there's very
0: few people that have that. Well,
1: and I but here this is the point I want to make. One of the most inspiring characters that that I've ever come across is Michael Vick, and and people got strong opinions about him, right? We do. And 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 he was what he was. Pause. But, pause yeah. that strong. Okay.
0: One second, pause it, because I this is going to cut me off, and you're in a good place, so yeah, hold on yeah, one we'll... second. Think Michael Vick, remember I got Michael it. Vick.
1: No, I got it. All right, continue on. All right, so yeah, I'm talking about Michael Vick. So Michael Vick is like the, one of the most incredibly talented football players ever.
0: Unbelievable, to he... watch the things that he used to do.
1: Yeah, so when he was with the Falcons, I mean, listen... He would run effortlessly. It looked like he wasn't running fast, and yet people would get the angle, and he would still be out running them. Um, he would look like he barely flicked his left wrist.
0: Oh, man. So and it at 60 go, yards.
1: Exactly. I mean, it was insane, but they couldn't do anything. And then the dogfighting thing and right. yada, yada, yada. He's in prison for over a year, right? And then I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. He signs with the Eagles. I was skeptical. I'm like, why do we want Michael Vick? Whatever. He sits behind Donovan McNabb for a year. He was humbled from his experience in prison. One of the things he said he learned can you believe this? He said when he was with the Falcons, I read an interview, he said he never watched film, he never studied defenses. He didn't know what they were doing. He just reacted, and, and, and because of his talent, of his, his talent. talent would overcome, mm-hmm. but to a point. They didn't win a Super Bowl or anything. You know, to a he point. never all And yet, because he had so much talent, he was able to get to a point, right? But through that humility, he learned, and he was benched. He wasn't starting, so he learned to study defenses. He learned to work hard. In a way he never had before, he learned what defenses were doing. He learned what he had to do before the snap happened. He 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 learned all this stuff that normal quarterbacks do. Right. So he what I'm, my point is he began to combine talent with work ethic, and he had the best season he'd ever had in his career, one year with the Eagles. And I I, I mean listen as an Eagles fan I'll never forget the amazing comeback we had one year against the Giants. We were three touchdowns down with like six minutes left in the game. He orchestrated three touchdowns, and then we had an amazing punt return to win the game. But, like, Michael Vick made that happen. Why? Because he was able to combine hard work with the amazing talent he had already been given. And... That is the inspiring thing. And sometimes... And here's the thing. I think you're right. Th- this is the point, though. What was the catalyst for Michael Vick to combine his immense talent, which nobody denied, with hard work? What was the catalyst? Suffering. Hmm. Suffering. Now, now, I'm not, I'm not letting him off the hook. It was of his own doing. Right. But nonetheless, he suffered. And suffering... He
0: made a bad decision and then he suffered.
1: Exactly. But suffering was the catalyst for him to get to a point where he could meld two things together, talent and hard work.
0: I love that. And since you're a professional uh, podcaster, it's a great segue.
1: There we go. All right.
0: (laughs) How, as an artist, Sean, how has suffering made you develop into being better? Uh, yeah, right on the spot, like you got to do something.
2: That was a killer question.
1: Well, you know, like, well, I'm gonna jump in while Sean's thinking. Go for it, because I'm, I'm, there's I'm, so much i through I'm, I'm a question. part of this. Um, we were doing like an indie rock thing about I don't know, twelve years ago. Sean's thing was indie rock, and I, I kind of floated. He did a thing at this like barn bash kind of thing where he did like some down home stuff and i'm like man that was good It was real good and so i'm trying to push him towards like hey maybe like bluesy kind of stuff and he's like i don't know yeah as an artist you got to massage that because it's like he's got the talent he's got the goods but unless it's coming from him i can't just tell him what to do you know what i'm saying I mean, and if so, you're gonna be in blues you gotta have soul Right, exactly. That's basically what you said. And so he was like, I'm not feeling that. I'm like, okay, I'll let it go. You know what I mean? Well, I wasn't. And then. What he was saying is, I wasn't feeling that, though, because at the time when he mentioned it,
2: I was going through a lot of depression because I'd lost a lot of things in my life. And so up to that point, like when I was a kid, for me, musically, all the great, the best music for me was black. Black American music. The blacker, the better. That was my. You know, kind of my motto. What your you to that? I, I don't know, man. Growing up in New Orleans, I guess, like I was always around. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Like
2: just the the soul, man. I mean that 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 city just oozes it, just all over the place, you know. And
1: so, like for And me, just a little bit of it, let me just intervene and you continue, but the 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 experience of uh, of of a a black person in America so is marked. With a, a a certain measure of suffering, that uh, white people don't
0: would never can't, can't and comprehend. I don't think I fully. I mean, I'm I'm a white dude growing up in Oklahoma.
1: Right. <laughs> like right. I don't
0: understand that.
1: Right. But there's something that produces that 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 level of suffering produces. Anyway, go ahead, Sean. No,
0: no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'd like like and I was gonna say so. One of the the most interesting things that I have latched onto lately. So, a lot of times, I work during the day. I should do some exercise, which I'm trying to do better as being a 40-year-old fuck. Like, i got to start doing some stuff to help my body. Yeah, but then, That
1: testosterone level is going way down, bro. you got to work hard.
0: I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I'm not worried about that at all. Oh, whatever.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's no. biology, man. You can't fight it. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: I think testosterone is a natural thing either you have a lot of it or you don't
1: i have a lot of it (laughs) well it's decreased nonetheless it has
0: decreased, and and where i was going to say is the part that's decreased is because naturally i'm not producing as much because i'm not exercising as much okay so i've tried to exercise more but i've been so focused on business that i've I've lacked the exercise i need to exercise more and so i've tried to exercise at the house right exercise is a massive like come i mean the way I used to be versus the way I am now. The other day, I tried to show DJ, a guy that I work with who's a co-host on the podcast. I couldn't I couldn't go from here and bend all the way down. That's bad. Like, my back was so stiff. My hips are stiff. Like, I couldn't do a squat without weight. Right? So, really bad. So, I work a lot, but then I've tried to realize I need to exercise too. Okay? So... I was going somewhere with that story. What'd you say? This is what happens in the podcast. Know. I was all talking the time. about
1: black people. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck!
0: I do this a lot. I start. I, this is the problem with our podcast. I start telling a story, and I can't remember what I was saying. Oh gosh! The damn ADD. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, I was there. Going we with, go. Come there on. There we go. It came back. I spend a, so much time as you see all my bottles laying out there, and I do Instagram stories where I'm like. Yeah, I still don't have floors, but I'm filling bottles. Um, And I've been, and I'll go through different stuff that I'll watch. Um, I love football's on now because it gives me something to watch while I'm filling bottles. Um, I fill bottles almost every night. I had turned on the Hugh Hefner story. Okay. I did not, right, from us being conserved Do you need to go close to the fire?
1: No, no, no. You
0: can. We can move the wire over. No, I'm straight. Are you sure? I mean, you're shaking.
2: No, I'm not shaking. I got.
1: That's it. A... Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Not from being cold.
1: No, he's no. got the rhythm. He's okay. He's feeling. It. I'm he's re- let me, feeling me out of it? Let me out! I got a guitar. <laughs> I, I still have my guitar from college. Sorry? Oh wait, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I got fucking stolen. Really? I paid
0: some people to come clean out a garage one time, and they stole my fucking.
1: Oh, that's guitar. It's, it's probably for the best. It was. Do, you wow. do you remember? I do remember. Do no, remember? I do remember. I so, do. my senior
0: year of college, I decided I want to start trying to learn how to play the guitar. And a guy with no rhythm and his tone death, translate that to guitar trying to sing. Oh,
1: uh, awesome. so, uh,
0: Hey, I tried.
1: No, you did. You. That was that Very was not shy. suffering. Maybe it was suffering for you, but it's really suffering for people who had to listen to it. It was
0: suffering for the people who listened to it. Listen I get it. Anyway, so I'm 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 watching and I turn on because I'm trying to figure out something to watch in the background. I turn on the Hugh Hefner story. And right from from the way we we're raised, Hugh Hefner was horrific, like, no, he's a horrible dude. To see what he did in culture for sex, and I get that, we'll leave that to the side. He also was a big proponent of pushing african-americans black people whatever you want to say into mainstream culture and so they they developed you're right they had the magazine they did some different things then they had clubs where you had to have a key to come in aretha franklin which is interesting you said that earlier aretha franklin on this episode talks about how she was that was the first time when he had her come into his club the first time as a black person african-american however we want to say that The first time that she didn't have to come in the back door
2: yeah Mm.
0: he was a proponent for race is not a matter like yeah race is not a matter but they start showing videos of all the different you know stuff that was going on race wise at that time with police shooting with fire hoses police doing all this different stuff like yanking black people like I don't think I really can appreciate all that because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't raised in that time. But seeing those videos of white people doing that to black people just because of their skin,
2: yeah,
0: I don't think we would ever really understand.
2: Well, music, music, and sports have always been a great proponent in breaking down racial barriers because well, it doesn't matter talent, doesn't matter the color of your skin. Really, you know, Frank Sinatra was the same way, and Reno and all that stuff, you know black artists always had to eat in separate places or had to go through the back door. And Sinatra was like, well, if you're going to keep doing that while I'm here, you don't need me. I won't play in this town. And, and, I mean, Frank Sinatra laid the hammer down, and as soon as that happened, you know, the black musicians were equals there in that area. So, you know, for the most part. Game recognized game, as they say. But... Uh, yeah, so for me, for me and my story, you know, black music was always my thing, and then when I was in high school, I had some friends who were not black, they played, they wanted to play rock and roll, I thought rock and roll was what I call white people's music, and I'm white, but I like, I thought it was... To less. clarify, Yeah, <laughs> you're white. Yeah, and I, th- but I thought it was, I thought like white people music, rock and roll was like subpar, like it wasn't as good musically, now... I grew out of that and started listening to more rock and roll stuff and started gaining respect for it. And so... And then
1: realizing the white guys just ripped off the black guys.
2: Yeah, but, you know, (laughs) what I was doing was singing the stuff, you know, I, I, I couldn't play the black music, the black style, but I could sing it. I could sing like a black dude, but I couldn't play necessarily the blues and all that stuff. So I did what I just knew how to do on guitar, which was this indie style, whatever, rock and roll we did that for like five or six years toured all around the country doing that, you know? So I was playing a lot and, but towards the end of that five years, I remember being on stage in certain places and being like, man, something is not right. Like I'm giving it all I got up here, but something just doesn't feel right. You know, and something's what wasn't right. Well, that, that was the thing. Something was missing and I didn't know what it was. And then we found some success a little bit, had some money, we sunk a lot of money into making this record. That was tanked. It wasn't. It didn't do anything, you know, really or whatever. And not only that, but it's, and it was a. It was a. It was a huge suffering process. Even recording this record with these guys I was with at the time, like, we were all kind of worn out. Everybody was trying to. There was no unity. You know what I'm saying? And what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the band just quit after we did this recording. So we sunk all this money into this recording. And then the band that I played with for five, six years up to that point just quit on me. And then I was going door to door in the freezing rain in January, knocking on people's doors trying to sell CDs on people's doorsteps with a big-ass beard and long hair. It's pretty pathetic. And people were thinking that I was like some terrorist, and I have to talk to them, hey, I got this album, I did it with some,
1: you know what I'm saying? And so I was By like the this- way, Sean has an epic beard you not. You don't have like visual confirmation here, but no, um, we will. There you, you got a picture there.
0: That is that is there, an there, epic there. beard. Look at that thing. So anyway, and know. we have a guy named Redbeard. His former name is Ian, but he has almost. But hey, Ian, you're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> that is
2: a beard. So that's so that's when Jay had come to me and was like, "Hey, man, you want to do this record where it's like uh, bluesy, you know, old." Down home music, you know, these old hymns, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling that because I wasn't feeling anything. I was so depressed, but around that same time, I almost lost my job that I'd had for years, and right about that same
1: time this kid comes into my life, all kinds of suffering actually that we can't even mention here, like there's just like all the bad things that could happen to a person happened in about six months to to Sean. Yeah. Bro, well, not just me, <laughs> bro, but not just to me. <laughs> no, but to preach
0: it like, hold on, like, <laughs> so there's. I mean, I'm gonna stop you just because I would. I mean, everybody that's gonna listen, so many things happen to each of us, mm-hmm. so don't. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna let you throw that card out there like that you had something special that somebody else didn't. No,
1: tell absolutely.
0: us what was so hard that you went through?
1: Well, I'll speak for Sean briefly. Um, On the verge of losing his job, which was his major moneymaker, had just sunk thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars into a record that tanked because the band quit and we couldn't tour on it, which is how you sell records. So we couldn't tour on it, which means we had like All this product that we couldn't sell because we can't play shows all of a sudden. And he had relationship issues that were devastating at that time. Um, And it just seemed like every single aspect of life has fallen apart at one moment. And so let's go back to the quote, which I first heard by Buddy Guy, but it's been said by many people. You gotta have the blues to sing the blues. And so for the first time probably in his life, Sean got the blues. Yeah. Well and, and when I was in the depression, the weird
2: thing was, Marty, was that this kid comes in my life and <clears throat> and I'd always listen I'd I'd gone to blues festivals all the time in Arkansas and stuff, and I and I respected the hell out of the genre and, and the people, but I just and I could sing like that, but I couldn't really play that style of music on the guitar or anything like that. Well, this kid comes into my life around this time and starts bringing all this old blues music to my attention. Stuff from the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know. And uh, I started listening to this stuff every night when I went to bed. And the, the weird thing is, is like when you're depressed, sad music is the best way to get out of depression. You would think listening to like happy music would be, but
0: I'm going to go, No. <laughs>
2: Well it worked for me and but the thing was was the more I listened to it, the more connected I became to that style and then the more it started sinking into my brain and into my soul and then when I would grab a guitar I started writing that way. It wasn't like I went to a guitar studio and found some blues guy to teach me how to play the blues. I just started like
1: listening to the music and then it just came kind of from slowly... inside you, which the suffering was inside you. And so the process of dealing with the pain came out in your art form. And I think that that is applicable to any art form. The process of the struggle comes out in your production. And it increases the the humanity of it. Because at the end of the day, the most successful Products are the most human products. Whether that's music, whether that's detailing someone's car, whether that's uh, painting, whether it's public speaking, whatever it is. it's, It's relating one human to another human, one soul to another soul. And when you can get to a point where you feel the struggle... That makes you feel most human. There's there's nothing that makes us feel more human than the struggle. Than the struggle. And when you feel that, you can communicate through your art form to other people. Well, and the biggest,
2: I think the biggest point of all of this is connection. If you're not connecting to the people that you're trying to reach, then it's pointless. Like, stop doing it. Perfect. Like, do something else.
0: So, I'll put in a detailer situation for that. Okay? Okay. So you're mentioning connecting to the people and showing the suffering. What so many, which I mentioned a minute ago, what so many people on Instagram, which is perfect, Instagram is the absolute most perfect platform for detailers or any artist because you can, except for music, any visual artist is a perfect platform because it's all pictures. Yeah, you can see it. You can just see it. The problem that detailers have is we post oh, here's this great car that came in, and we show these pictures, and it's the exact, so many detailers post the exact same fucking photo just with a different car. In. Yeah, And right. it's all about, oh, look at this great car I did. But they don't tell the story. They don't show the struggle of, you know, this mom came in, and this mom had two kids in the back seat that were yelling, mm. and all she needed to do was go through McDonald's Please don't fucking spill anything, except the F-bomb, unless you're (laughs) from up north. But if you're down south, you don't use the F-bomb. Please don't spill anything. Like, don't do... Like, just put it in your cup holder. Okay, you got your your french fries. They need to stay in your Happy Meal. Like, they're trying not to ruin their vehicle, whether that's because they don't like their car to be dirty or, which so many detailers miss... Marketing to females is your husband, and so there's so many different avenues that detailers could go into with hey, don't let this happen, go ahead and bring it to us. Your husband will be extremely happy that you brought it to us. Yeah, they're missing the story, they're missing the struggle that somebody else is experiencing. And how if they could show that, that they could solve that problem for them, they would bring more revenue. But in, in a sense, we just keep taking the same fucking photos over and over and think that it's going to bring a lot more business to us.
1: Well, yeah. I'll say another another side of that, that I think people ought to show their fuck-ups. Sorry if I'm not supposed to drop F-bombs. Yeah, because I've already said like 15. Yeah, yeah. That, that, like... Instagram is a terrible platform in the sense that you only, but people only show like their best life or their or their successes well, or whatever. a lot of people
0: say that with social media in general. Right, exactly. Yeah,
1: that's the curse. Of and, and, media. and 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 but what if you could tell the whole story? What would happen would be, people would relate to you, and not only, but but you don't just show the fuck up; you show the process. It's not just showing you fuck it; it's showing the whole process and saying, "Hey, I've gone through this." I've endured this. I went through this to get to this point that I'm at, and I can help you because you're back there. But I can get you here. Well, because for detailers, it would it. be,
0: hey, I've started with this way, and this is this new person that I just helped. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, absolutely. And I'm ready to help the next person.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, th- let me say this real quick. There's a quote that uh, Bruce Springsteen,
0: mm. uh,
2: he calls it the ministry of rock and roll. But he says when the band, all the members of the band, can see themselves in every person in the audience, and every person in the audience great, can see yeah. themselves in the band, mm-hmm. he said that's when you have the ministry of rock and roll. That's when the greatest connection and the audience should be the biggest priority. Because if you're there for people to hear you sing and think you sing good, that's the, that's the absolute wrong reason to be there. If I you're, if you're detailing people's cars... Just so that people can pat you on the back and be like, "Man, you're great!" At this. It's like that's that's crap. If you're there though to detail these people's car because you have a passion to uh, help them have a better car, yeah, just well, yeah, help but, them
1: enjoy their ride. But why does that matter? Taking their kid to but, school. But exactly, I was going I was about to say, what does that matter? Why do people care about having good looking cars? If Look you can good, tell that, good, right? if you can, <laughs> if you can tell that story about why. Why do people care about their car looking mm-hmm. good if you can tell that story about how it matters? Because, I listen, there's a guy that, that uh, I have a love-hate relationship with, but he's uh, uber popular right now, Jordan Peterson. But he says, the greatest pursuit in life is not the pursuit of happiness, it's the pursuit of meaning. And if you can figure out why what you do means something... Perfect then you can connect, which goes back to what Sean was saying about the Bruce Springsteen thing. If you can figure out why it means something to them, then you can be successful. You've connected with them. Well, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to have a little church for a minute. You're going to have a lot? Preach! I'm going to have a little church for a minute. Come on, let's preach. A little church.
2: Loving the the black folks here, man, the black church. But even in the the gospel, I'm going to bring out the Bible for a second. But it says, anyone who comes to Christ is a new creature the old is gone, and the new has come, right? And I've seen that in the way people restore cars Like so often. I'm like, that's such a great analogy where you got this clunker of a vehicle just sitting in somebody's yard, rusted up, beat to hell. Uh, it's completely useless and lifeless. And somehow these guys come in and they slowly and painstakingly and, suffer- and are suffering a lot of money. And detailers do this too because I know a lot of detailers probably restore vehicles as well. But they turn it into this thing Mm-hmm. It is a brand new creature. It is a brand new ride. It it was once lifeless and useless, and now you and, and some people's cars are like that, man. Well, just, not
0: even useless. You would be. Oh, sorry, keep going.
2: No, oh. I'm just saying it's just like and even if you're just detailing a car, not necessarily like completely. Rescue, no, no, no. Keep going. It. I'll come back. But it's just that like some of these cars, man. You you know, I keep a pretty junky car, and I hate it. I just don't have the time to clean it. But man, I really like. I wouldn't mind, you know, and is it worth it to me? To Here's spend? where
0: I was going. Is there's so many people that roll around and dirty? And to be able to take the dirty and transform it back to the way it used to be.
2: That's what people love. They love that, and you know what it does? It brings a lot of ease. I mean, if you, if so you, much if you live in a messy environment, your life, it's kind of an expression of who you are inside. You're probably pretty messy inside. Bro,
0: did you see my house?
2: <laughs> but... Or you're just working, you know what I'm saying, you're working hard and you don't have time to clean.
0: You're doing so many other things you don't realize your car got that bad.
2: Yeah. And there's something about having a, if if you drive in a nice space around you, a clean space, if you work in a clean space, uh, it tends to make things not necessarily easier, but you do have this ease about like, oh, you know, At least my
1: car's clean. Yeah, you're not as stressed, man. Well, yeah, what's that, What's shirt. what's the Deion Sanders quote? Oh, I, look, Ooh, look, I love, it. love it. He, he said... He the says, only
0: thing about the Cowboys back in that day, the only quote I remember of the Cowboys back in that day is because we go to Papado's every time we go to Dallas is the quote from when they won the Super Bowl and Michael Irving they entered they interview Michael Irving and go, What are you gonna do? You're gonna go to Disney World? He goes, No, I'm gonna get some hoes and go to Papa
1: Do's." That's hilarious. So the
0: only quote I know from the, the <laughs> well, Cowboys back in the day was hoes and Papa Do's, and we still go to Papa Do's every time that we go to Dallas. I,
1: I love Papadoes, but I, I, I Oh you got I've Do's. only been to Papa Do's in the Houston airport, but and it's still the same it's I think so Deon, good. I think Dion Sanders said this quote when he played for the 49 sorry if you're a cowboys fan but um, he said, "You look good you play good you play good they pay good
0: that would be a Dion quote because he always had to look the best
1: but there is well, something to that good that good. there That's is something crazy. about it. there's something about if it, it, it changes your your atmosphere it changes your setting right and there there, there is a if, if i can go there there's a ministry in helping people look good yeah because it makes them start to feel good and then they start to perform better and whatever it is that they're doing so if you can be the guy that helps better. them do better you're the catalyst for their success, and that's
2: a good reason to detail that's cars. A great that reason. That is a to great word. reason. It's not about you. That it's is about that is people. meaning. So let me say this: that gives you meaning. Something something we never said yet, but a, a quote that really started helping me, man, was uh, in this journey was realizing that like all artists are meant to do is to serve the people. They mm-hmm. serve them truth, yes. whether it's a painter and a musician, a movie person, or whatever. But even like in a detailer too, it's like. You're serving the people that are coming to you for money. You're mm-hmm. not just trying to get a paycheck. That is part of it. But the the biggest priority should be, I want to help these people. and when Give they, them a
1: better life. And when they
2: feel that from you, they are going to come back. Oh yeah. And they'll bring other people with them. They'll, they'll be you
1: know. loyal to you. And, and, and if you actually improve the quality of life from someone, if you serve someone in a way oh, that, that improves their performance, that Obviously, if their performance improves, their probably their income improves. <laughs> you, you know, it it all cycles around. Mm-hmm. Is the point? It's it's like a symbiotic kind of thing. You serve people, you get served. You know, it all it it really does all come around. But the point is, you can't just be about your thing and marketing your thing and saying, "Look how good I am," and "Look how much better I am." in them, I I am going to help you, and I believe that if I help you that I'm going to be helped.
0: It's a little bit of humility.
1: It is. And to. it's also a little bit of maturity because let me tell you one of my things in the music industry. When I was much younger, when I was in my twenties, there was a resentment when I would see artists like hit or they'd make it. And I would be like, They're not as good as my guy.
0: Yeah.
1: They're they're not as good as like oh, the, bro, we get that. You, all the you time. know what I'm saying? Oh, we see your photos,
0: but, but I can do that.
1: Exactly. But then I got to a point that was maturity, and it's like one person's success is all of our success. Mm-hmm. And I would root. I, I, I got to a point where I would root for them, and I would yes. cheer for them, and I would That's want maturity. them to succeed because I knew it was good for all of us. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is a point where you get to where you're like, I am actually at a point where I want to serve others. I'll, and you know what? Even if it's not coming from me, if it's, even if it's not coming from my work, when I see it comes from other people people's work i celebrate that yes and i want that to happen because i know that that's going to trickle down to me in some way or whatever and even if it doesn't doesn't matter because this is the craft that i'm about and i want to cheer the success of what i'm about you know so if 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 i'm someone who let's say my craft is just detailing people's cars just making it look good well, what happens? These people are going to use that car for whatever purpose they use it for. Whether it's driving the kids to soccer practice, whether it's going to work or whatever. But when they get out of that car, they feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. You and know? so I'm
0: going to pause you and okay. I'm going to take a moment and to say, Hey, detailers, this is the exact thing that you should be listening to and doing. If you're hearing what they're saying, they're saying it's not about you and putting out the post putting out the picture of how great you did it's more of telling the story of what that mom or or what that at, that uh, car show guy or you know whatever it is that you can meet their need then you are helping them be better is what you're saying absolutely and so when they do that and they focus on the person then what do you think that person's going to do when the next guy or the next woman if they're at soccer practice i love talking about women because so many times in detailing we don't talk about women we only talk about the car show guys or the lamborghini that came in but you're and maybe it's because we're in oklahoma where we don't have many lamborghinis we got some but for the most part we've got that um let's say minivan you got that odyssey we hate minivans, <laughs> so let's let's move past minivans, but minivans <laughs> are a great thing because that minivan mom is going to go to soccer practice, and if the next mom over sees all these kids get out of the car and they see a clean minivan, they're going to go, well, my Infinity QX doesn't look like that. They might actually go, well, why does your minivan looks so good because i'm hauling around just one kid but you're hauling around three why does your look like well i go see so and so it goes back to your
1: point it does it trickles down but that's the point you can't you you've got to be about serving people you've got to be about meeting their needs and if, if you care about where they're at and even if it seems like it's, it's beneath you or whatever it it all comes back around it really does and, and, and whether that's music, whether that's detailing cars, whatever your craft is, I really believe this applies broadly. But if you serve people, that's how you find success in whatever your craft is, because the, it, it, there's a human connection that happens to that. And so if you're trying to tell me that detailing cars is an art, it's not merely a craft, it's an art. Art is different than a craft. Craft is purely practical. Art is ethereal, right? It 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 meets people on a spiritual level, and so if you're telling me that detailing someone's car is a spirit is a spiritual thing, um, then what you're doing is improving their lifestyle. It's improving their lifestyle. It's 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 improving who they are even. How they see themselves, their self-image, you know, it's saying I am, I am not a failure of a mom. You're talking about because I got a fucking clean car, right? Bitch, it's, exactly. It's <laughs> like, I, and, and, and it's, it's saying that, and, and then, but that ups the performance at everything, whether that's motherhood, whether that's their job, whatever it is. It's, it's saying that I'm going to do a better job at all of these things, and that. We're more symbiotic than we like to admit. Right. You know, we're all more dependent on each other than we like to admit. If you help someone else, it it does end up helping you, you know. So just serve, serve the people you work for, Mm. serve them. The best illustration that
0: I would have, and this is where I'll say, hey guys, go follow 66 Auto Detail. There's a guy named Darren... He's from a town which, if you guys have listened, you know that I've talked about him before. If you follow us on Instagram at Total Auto Solutions, you will see where we posted a couple of things about him. We just did a um, workshop where we talked about sanding, and we did an intro with Darren. Guys, Darren has a business called 66 Auto Detailing. He is in a town called Chandler, Oklahoma. Look it up on Google. Look it up on Apple Maps, whatever, it will take you a moment to find Chandler, Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it will. I've never heard of it. <laughs> You've
0: never heard of it, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> because a
0: thing happened, technology, call it industry, call it whatever, Route 66 changed its form with a lot of different highways or interstates that came through.
1: Right.
0: But Route 66 used to come through Chandler. And so that's why he called his, you know, 66 of detailer, Chandler, you've never heard of Chandler, Oklahoma. Nobody's heard of Chandler, Oklahoma. He did in 2017 over $30,000 in extra revenue just on coatings in a town called Chandler, Oklahoma. There's, there's details across the country that have not ever hit close to that number and are in hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in their area. So you've got a guy in a very secluded spot that is doing that type of revenue solely based on what you're talking about. He is meeting them and their needs are farmers or their construction workers or they're people that traditionally as detailers on Instagram or as in big business, so to speak. You're only going after the guys with collections or the Ferraris or the Lamborghinis. And that's what we see on Instagram is all these big guys that are doing all. You've got a guy that's super small that's fucking plus thousand dollars a year just in doing a coating. Because he's meeting their need for if you're driving down their dirt road, your car's not going to be as dirty. Because if you put on this coating that I'm going to put on for you. Yeah. It speaks exactly to what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I mean, meet people where they're at and serve them and what their needs are. And, like, it, 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 it seems like you're not up in your profile. It seems like whatever. But, like, and, and that totally relates to, like, the music. It's like, listen, not everyone's going to fill arenas. In fact, very few people can fill arenas these days. But what you can do is connect with the audience you're, that you have. Yeah. Whatever that audience is, wherever you connect you're with them.
0: If we want to go, if you, you talk about going spiritual or going, you know, biblical or whatever, like... I think a thing that we used to be taught in Southern Baptist culture is, and you talked about, you know, tent ministry in a sense of Paul, is, hey, grow where you're planted.
1: Grow where you're planted.
2: That's a
0: beautiful principle. It's a beautiful principle.
2: Yeah. Well, and another another way to look at it, too, to add on to that is, specifically through the music, is like, I had to come to the realization that I can't worry about playing for the people that aren't there. Like, man, I mm. wish this person was here. I wish these people, I wish there was more people here. It's like, no, I'm going to, if the, if there's only a crowd of 10 people there, I need to I need to humble my, you know, I need to swallow my pride and be like, I'm going to play my ass off for these 10 people. Now, that's they, a beautiful, Because they yeah. came. Right, so
0: you, have you been, so l- l- let's digress for a moment. Let's come back to that. But so you've been at places that where there was hardly anybody.
2: there. Yeah, let me tell you, let me say this. Here's a, here's a pretty good story uh, that will really hit home relate. Really. Uh, nobody's nobody's looking at your post. You're
0: taking photos of cars. Nobody's paying attention to you. You're you bought a power washer. You're trying to clean cars. You're doing mobile like you're in that grind of trying to grow a business. You're passionate about cleaning cars. Nobody's paying attention to you. Yeah, you're an artist. Nobody's paying attention to you. Yeah, Go. so
2: like I was in South Dakota. This was a while back, and uh, playing this bar one night. Um, and it was a really cool bar. It was a it was a great location. Uh, it was an old train station from like oh hell the, yeah the twenties, and it was right on the train tracks in in this town in si- Sioux Falls or whatever South Dakota. And uh, the same night I was playing, there was a festival going on outside of town, in this massive popular band was playing for free. So I was like, uh there's pretty much no way like anybody's going to be here tonight. So I'm start wrestling in my mind. I'm like, should we even unpack the, the band Should we even take our music gear out? And uh you know, should we even like set up our merch, or our t-shirts and our CDs? I mean, nobody's going to be here. And I was even telling the lady who owned the bar, who was a super cool lady, you know, like, should we even play this show tonight? Do you think anybody's going to be here? And she was like, oh, we'll see, you know. If not, we'll just close down the bar for the night. And uh, she was nice enough to open her bar up. It was a night that she doesn't even normally stay open. You know what I'm saying? She's usually closed on this night. And uh, we we start setting up, and there's literally three people in the audience. Three. And uh, so I'm struggling in my mind. I'm like, man, this this could really this kind of sucks, you know, but two of the three people bought me and my bandmates' beer, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh well, we gotta give them a show now. I mean, you know they bought us a beer, and something clicked in my mind, you know, I think God was able to help me just kind of get over myself, you know and just be like no nah, i'm gonna play i'm gonna, we're gonna play a kick ass show for these three people and we ended up doing that, man, and these three people, like, were so stoked about it that they started calling their friends, you know, we ended up having about seven people. <laughs> so, you know, we went from three to seven in a, in a matter of minutes, you know, but it was like, a lot of people would see that as a failure, right? you know. Well, yeah,
0: if you're going to go all that way for seven people.
2: Yeah, and I, wasn't, I was actually playing the festival that had all the big people at. I played it earlier that day, but we needed, we wanted more shows, so we ended up booking this bar uh That night, and uh it just happened to be on a night where one of the biggest bands was going to be there at the festival. So I knew I knew no one was going to be out. You there. took
0: a punch to the face.
2: Yeah, and but we kicked ass at the show. It was one of the best times, best things we sounded. And we ended up staying there for like two, three hours after they closed, just talking with these people because they loved it so much. And every one of them bought a lot of merch. So we ended up actually, you so made it a, some good money. It was a good. Thing To bring the merch out When I was like This is going to be pointless But no it wasn't pointless Because we connected With those people And they connected with us And it ended up Being a great time And so It could be the same thing With the people grinding Like you were talking about In detailing Like nobody's paying attention To me You know blah blah It's like well Yeah grow where you plant it. Like hit that one person You never know You never know you Just keep
0: growing where yeah. you're planted And you never connecting. know What's
2: going to happen Keep connecting Through your work And care about the people You're serving man and and they'll 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 feel that. They feel that. They can tell when you're being fake. They can tell when they're just being sold on some product. Or they can tell when someone like really is passionate about what they're doing and they care about the people that they're helping, and they'll stay with you. I mean that's just that's just how it works, you know.
0: People like businesses I think you said it a second ago, businesses are built on people. They're built on that relationship, they're yeah. built on that connection.
2: Yeah, exactly. The connection is what's all about.
0: So we haven't Talked about it. You struggled. You went through a bunch of different stuff. You all of a sudden had an opportunity. the uh, The only time after college that I had seen you was on TV, <coughs> and and I think even I think you had even said, "Hey, man, you gotta check this out," because like we're getting like you had a bit of success, and I watched you come up an elevator. And you're on American Idol, yeah, like yeah. like hold on, like you're on one of the biggest platforms for somebody that's trying to go up through the industry and it's a chance like and you made it right we've all watched American Idol, if anybody's right american quote unquote and have watched t v in the past ten years, somebody has always watched American Idol because it was such a big phenomenon,
2: yeah
0: walk us through how did you get there what it took and i remember watching you come up that escalator and there was a brief moment where they showed you the beard was a big deal and they talked about that and they didn't expect you to do much because you had this big massive beard i remember seeing you i think jay you came up First, and you set to the side for a second, and then I was there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know you were there. I watched
1: like (laughs)
0: like you've had some massive struggles. You want to keep going further, right? I think inside of you, I think your team, you want to go further, but just to be a guy who is from New Orleans, going to school in Arkansas. You're at a Division two school, you're trying to like sing at a place like you're trying to work yourself through, and you have a moment yeah that that thousands thousands of other people don't ever get that moment, and you got a chance to be on american idol like how did that feel
2: uh, <laughs> right like you well, you might kind of not even be like. I wasn't even a fan of the show.
0: Oh, I get it because no. I mean, you're countercultural to that like they even talked about it on the show like Who's this guy? He's got a fucking
2: beard, like, oh, oh like, and
0: then they were amazed yeah, at it was, how well it was way you. Way before
2: beards were cool.
0: It way before, <laughs> like,
2: what year was it? It was two thousand six. Two thousand six. So yeah.
0: way before beards were cool, and you had this big old beard, and I, I remember because Jay told me to watch it. Like, <laughs> I remember watching that moment where you came up the escalator, and there was so much from the that culture that was like oh this guy can't do it and like blah
2: like and then you blew them away yeah
0: how did that feel
2: uh it was i mean it was cool because I, at the time like i didn't really have a whole lot of respect for the show i didn't have respect but i also didn't know much about the show cuz i never watched it but actually i was going because i found out from some friends in college that some friends of jay and i rob and tammy uh, we're gonna be there, and she was gonna be trying out. And she was a singer, and I was like, "What? It's in Memphis? Like, that's right down the road from Little Rock, where where I was living." So we ended up just kind of going on a whim, like literally, uh, and to go eat barbecue in Memphis. Like, yeah, that yeah. was really the only reason. It's we went. okay. And we ended, yeah right and then I mean
0: it's not like Kansas City, which is nothing like Oklahoma barbecue.
2: Anyway, <laughs> I didn't even on. know Oklahoma had barbecue. I didn't <laughs> either. <laughs>
1: I did. yeah. Don't okay. all right. Damn. so anyway that's an
0: inside joke between us and a guy from Warnsburg, Mississippi, no, not Mississippi, wrong, damn it, that's too much. Jay fuck Jay, we've almost taken down this entire bottle of bourbon I know I'm feeling it you're feeling it, but what do you think? Texas bourbon versus what you're used Kentucky. to, and you even said it's 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 Texas
1: and it's not. Yeah, well, bourbon's typically from Kentucky.
0: Right. So this is Texas bourbon, but what do you think?
1: Yeah. No, it's good. It's it's That's good. It's it's weedy. It is it re- weedy? It it reminds me of Weller. It's not as good as Weller, but it's it it reminds me of Weller, which is a compliment. So. It, that, so still low end. I wouldn't say it's low end. It's it's. I mean, you end.
0: called it to Weller.
1: Weller's top shelf. Weller's. Yeah. Weller's top shelf, the brand Weller.
0: Oh my bad. Yeah. I was thinking like Weller, like is in you go and like, I want just want a well drink. Yeah, not but a well
1: drink. No, 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 no. no, no. Weller oh, is okay. a, brand a brand of bourbon. bourbon oh, okay. And it's top, it's top shelf bourbon, and it, it 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 reminds me of it. It's it it's not quite there, but it's it's like a very weedy. Uh, it's a fifty dollar bottle. It's a sweet.
0: Was that a good it, bottle? Yeah, I
1: yeah. know it is. I
0: mean we drank almost the whole thing. It's down no, to like we've
1: knocked it out. It's Obviously little... I like it. I've drank plenty of it. You drank plenty? So <laughs> All right, so
0: you're coming up the escalator. Sean Michelle. What are you thinking? Are you, like this is super exciting?
2: Yeah, I mean it was kinda of, it was kinda of nerve wracking and exciting at the same time. I mean I had to go through actually three tryouts before or two before I'd even never like a month apart before I'd even seen Randy, Paul and Simon. I mean, it was still when the original three were on there. And and then I did that tryout and then I had to wait a whole nother month before I went to Hollywood week and and did tryouts there at Hollywood. So <clears throat> it was a long process, you know, and, and I didn't even really make it onto the live show. But my tryout got so much press because of the way I looked and the way that I sound. Oh, this guy's different, you know, blah, blah Actually blah. has a voice. Well, not that, but so much as, because they had a lot of people in there with really good voices, but just more like, oh, the shock factor of the, uh, what would you call it?
0: Countercultural.
2: This guy, this guy don't look like he can sing. It's contradictory. It's Yeah, it's, it's a contradiction. They expected
0: it, so. you to be that person on American Idol that we all laugh at.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and it was a shock factor, and so that that helped. But, but yeah, the thing was with that was I had no idea. And this was before I went through all that suffering, actually, the American Idol thing. uh was a couple years before. But the weird thing that I found out through the American Idol thing was uh, what fame does to people. Like, I wasn't, like, famous, but I was famous where I was from. And when I got home, man, I could not, literally couldn't leave my house for at least two weeks. Like I stayed indoors because anytime I went anywhere, I was bombarded by people. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I did not. I thought I thought being famous would be cool, but I was like, I was not ready for that. Like I didn't sign up for that, you know, kind of thing. All the struggles
0: so, led you to a moment. It led you to an opportunity. Yeah. and And that's where I think I wanted to go. And we're getting close to winding down. Yeah. That's where I wanted to kind of to head it up.
2: He's wound down. Oh, he's yeah, wound yeah. down. Yeah, Jay's wound down. That Jay's whisk, been drinking this bourbon like me. straight
0: like he's hitting him he was like, "Oh, Texas, well, I ain't going to be blah, blah blah blah. I'm blah, blah. It's got you. Cool. That is asleep. We'll we'll wind it down very quickly. You you get to this opportunity which is the pinnacle of so many people like so many people dream of that opportunity. I want I want you to take a brief moment and say, all the struggles that you went through, you had you had a moment. How'd that feel as you were walking into that moment? Did like were the struggles all worth it?
2: Well, but the thing is, is that, well, you keep calling it a moment. Well, no, 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 it no it is that's a, exactly it, what it, it is. It no, is no. a moment. It, yeah, exactly. And what yeah. a lot of people don't realize, especially in in music based TV world with with shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent and all this stuff is that people, they're on that show for like a blink of the eye, and then you never hear about them again. The thing is, is that's... There's
0: like, like what, what? How many people have actually come out of that show?
2: You don't... You make, got Carrie Underwood. Yeah, Carrie Underwood and, and Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. And, uh... was there, was a dude, right? Uh, that's
0: a funny thing. I can't even remember his name.
2: Exactly, so...
0: So there's literally, out of all that, there's only like a couple.
2: But you still have to work. I mean, that's the thing. You get on a show like that, and you still have to grind when you leave a show. I mean, but
0: you struggled through all this, and now you're on that moment. You're coming up. You're coming up the escalator. You're going into. You're coming into everything. How's that feel? Uh.
2: I mean. In some ways, it, it 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 gave it gave me some confidence, right? And it should some validation It of should like give
0: you some confidence, and some validation.
2: validation of like, okay, we're on the right track.
0: You're on the right track. It's the same thing as like as detailers as we start doing some work, we start getting some publicity, we start getting some likes, we
2: start getting some shares. It's, you're you're, you're it, like, it, okay, okay, these people are something's starting to happen. I, you, you start realizing the connection. Okay, I'm actually connecting with people, like like we were talking about earlier. So if they're there, if they're there and you're getting these likes and you're getting these shares or like, or like Randy Paul and Simon said, you know a lot of people didn't think I could sing, right? Until Randy Paul and Simon said I could sing, right? And it was like, I've been singing for like a long time up to this point, but it took somebody on TV telling you that they thought I was good, so now you're good, which was kind of like the gatekeeper thing we were talking about earlier, you know? So once other people say, oh this dude's good, and then it it kind of is like a chain reaction. Maybe other people will start thinking you're, you're good too with the shares and the likes and stuff if you're detailing photos or whatever. But, you know, it did, it did begin to like give some confidence of like, all right, cool. Yeah, I need to keep going. I need to just keep doing it. And even if, even if a, lot of, a whole lot of success doesn't come from it, what does success really mean? What does success really look like? Is success. I felt like that show that most people would think was a failure in South Dakota. That night was a success, but it wasn't a success in oh, I'm in an arena, kicking ass and selling millions of dollars worth of tickets and, and merch. You know, I'm with seven people, and they freaking had a really great night, and they all bought the music. They went home. They're going to be listening to it. You know, they're going to be somewhat invested. You know, in what I was doing. And, and I was investing in them by hanging out with them all night, you know, and learning about their lives. And, you know, so that's the success. The success again is the people you're reaching, the people you're connecting to. And I think that's more success than.
0: There's a few people and here's where I'll, I'll, I'll transition into detailers, right? In your industry as an artist, it's the same way you have industry that are artists. There's a few people that make it to that elite status. right? We have them here in Oklahoma. There's one or two shops that seem to never do anything wrong. And they seem to always have the cars coming in. And they're always posting photos of this high-end Lamborghini or this high-end whatever. Like You could name drop multiple different brands. These guys have quote-unquote made it. It would be your top-tier artists that are singers that have this massive... Right? Yeah. We then have all the other people who are still grinding because they have a passion for what the work they're doing. Yeah. Speak to those people. Those guys that are, they've got five cars coming in, they've got 10 cars coming, Like, but that's what they want to do. Yeah. I, I
1: think there's a space for that. I mean, that, that's oh, the there's thing. There's a the, the, big
0: space for it. The, the, the reason why I'm asking that, like, the reason why I'm asking that is because we put, because of social media, which is so great, but we also put a pedestal on all these people that. Make these great photos, or have all these followers that they're the best, and we want to follow them, and we want to do everything they do as an artist, as a person who does music, how do you handle and this is like i mean this is no no doubt this is a right into your soul type of question. How do you handle your getting success? But in the big realm of all the stuff going on in the music industry, you haven't reached that success, right? Yeah. How do you handle the struggle of the day-to-day, I've got to wake up and do this, or the week I've got to do this, or the month, or whatever? Like, I mean, how do you wake up and go clean another car, but you don't know that that's going to make you all these other Like, it's the same deal right? When you boil it down, it's the same process. You're an artist, you're trying to make it. How do you do that? You get to that pinnacle and you say, it's really not that big. Give us some info.
2: I think if you can learn how to be grateful for every little thing, you know, I think the attitude of gratitude kind of thing, you know, like people say that phrase a lot, but for me, it's like I connected with one more person. All right, cool. I, that's awesome. I connected. You know, when you really start caring about people more than you care about yourself, which I think is a, I learned that from Jesus. You know, but there was, there was legitimacy behind that. There's a real thing behind that. That when we start to get our minds off of ourselves and on other people, uh, and we truly become grateful. Like I just did a little bit of show the other night uh, in town, in my hometown with some friends. You know, I was like whatever. But I connected with some people, and we, and we sold some merch. And we, you know, and it was a good time, man. It was a good show. It was a good time. We made some money, a little bit of money. You know, and it's just like you just keep going for the next person, the next person, make a little money. It's like as long as I'm eating and not starving and on the streets or whatever, you know, I feel like in some ways that's a success, you know. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like if you get wrapped up on how, how big you want to be that can stifle you, man. And it can stifle your creativity if it becomes about the number and, and not what you're doing. Like, for instance, uh, I just heard a quote recently by uh, Quincy Jones, one of the greatest music producers of all time. He so produced hundreds of records, two, the largest sound record of all time, Michael Jackson's Thriller, you know. And <clears throat> the interview guy was asking him, like, how did you feel about, did you know this record was going to be an impact? Did you know how big it was going to be? And he, he stopped the interviewer cold Colton's in tracks and was like, I don't think like that. Never have, never will. I've never made music or a record so that I could become rich. He said, as soon as you do that, God leaves the room. And he said, and that blew my mind when he said that. He said, God leaves the room because God is in the melody. And we, we put lyrics around it, but God is in the melody. And basically what he was talking about was the God factor in everything that we do. Music, I mean, you know, you can't spiritualize everything because there's spirit behind everything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what people need to realize is uh, stop worrying about the numbers, man, and, and worry about the people.
0: All right, so we're going into our number. We've crossed one. we crossed number two. We're starting to wind down. We're getting a bit tired. This is the oh, yeah, we
1: winding down. This yeah, Jay's
0: stretching. We're, I mean, we got barely a little bit in this whole bottle of bourbon. We've tore down this bottle of bourbon. We smoked cigars. Incredible discussions. I know you guys are, you were moving from Nashville. You're going to where?
2: Grand Junction. Colorado? Colorado? Colorado. You just
0: happened to stop here. Thank you so much for taking the time. You came here just to rest, and I took a bunch of your time.
2: <laughs> that was awesome, man. I
0: did. I took a lot of your time. It was purely selfish. I'm like, if you're going to sleep on my couch in bed, we're doing a podcast, right?
1: That's fair.
0: It's fair. Yeah. At the same time, I respect it. Jeez, we're two hours into this. You guys need to get some rest. All yeah. right. Let's, let's start winding it down. Um, I want to know, like, briefly, let's go into it, what are some things that, like, you can leave to, like, influential or, let's go, motivational? You're an artist, right? right? I've already tried to set the precedent that detailers are artists. Somebody that has a dream, they want to be something— Right, same as you. You want to, you, whether whatever your motivation is, you still want to be somebody and you want to affect other people's lives, which we talked about. Somebody that is trying to go through that struggle and they're like, yeah, okay, I'm with you. I want to affect the different people in my town to help them have better cars, and I want to be the guy to solve their solution. It's just not like I how do I get there? Yeah. Give well, me some just very practical, even from an artist that's a musical artist. Briefly
2: Yeah, I think be, one of the biggest things is uh especially from an artist standpoint is don't try to be everybody else. Don't mm, try to be like everybody else. It. Just be I yourself. Love it. Just be yourself. Be yourself. But you gotta figure out who you are. You
0: gotta figure out who you are. Yeah. And let me pause keep keep yeah. on that train of thought i'm gonna let my ADD and the way i break in like
2: yeah
0: there's so many people that are detailers that follow other detailers and they want to be those detailers because those people are making it it's yeah. got to be the same way for yeah. musicians musicians see other people that are making it and they want to be those people
2: yeah Well, From a guy
0: that started from the ground, and you are working your way through your industry.
2: Yeah.
0: How do you
2: go through that? Well, for me personally, like all my biggest influences, and everyone has influences, right, in whatever field you do, but all my biggest influences are in the roots. They're the root of it. They're the beginning of it, beginnings of it. So like all the people that I love musically and I've been influenced by, are either dead, or they're about to die.
0: Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? So, like, so,
2: so I'm, 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 I'm Yeah, I'm I love that. I'm passionate about the roots, where, where the roots of American music came from. And I don't know, like, I, I've seen, it's kind of weird. I, I just feel like, I don't know if I'm blessed with something that, That a lot, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like, I can't copy anyone else. Uh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to copy someone and sound exactly like someone else, but I have a lot of people that I love, and when I listen to them, it gets in me kind of like a blender, you know? You make a different cocktail, you take a lot of different things, and artists are all like blenders. You take all these influences and you pour them in this big cup. And you turn it on, and then you give someone this new drink. it's a new cocktail, it's a new smoothie or whatever, but the smoothie is filled with a lot of different things that come together, and they all they have this great taste, you know, hopefully it has a great taste that comes out and so I don't know, I just think you can just be influenced by people but not we can we should be influenced by people but not copy them and not try to be them. We just we just let what they've done encourage us and spur us on to be better who who we are originally. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, so, it makes sense. I mean, we see that with uh, different detailers that have massive Instagram followers, and well, if they're using that, then I need to be that.
2: Yeah. Do
0: you see that? Like, oh, if I'm if oh, I, I want to be... that guitar, I gotta have that. Exactly.
2: Guitar. Yeah, it's like whatever. Just find an old beat-up guitar. You know, just find a guitar that you like playing. So the guitar doesn't
0: matter. It's the music that you play.
2: Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't a, matter
0: what coding or what product. Like, be you.
2: Yeah, be Pat. Yeah, give it your all. Like, for me, it, like, I'll, oh, well, Jack White plays these old beat-up K guitars, so I got to go find me an old beat-up It's like, so, no, just find one that you so like So here's,
0: here's a good question. A good question. You're trying to make it as an artist a musical artician yeah and you have different people that you look up to or you you see their music like do you exactly grab the exact brand of guitar or do you find a guitar that matches with you
2: yeah you find it yeah uh for a guitar i find a guitar that the neck i love the neck like the way it feels it works with
0: the way you move your hands
2: yeah and, and it kind of becomes, and then I also like, it's all about tone, too. Like, what's the right tone? Like, what sounds right to me? Like, oh, that sounds too farty or muddy. I don't like that. I want something that's kind of clear, crisp. It's got some body to it. It's got some roundness to it. It's thick, but, but not muddy in a sense of, like, I can't understand what's going on. So
0: instead of just doing what, like, let's say, for instance, I am a massive George Strait fan. Okay. Yeah. Right? Definitely him, and, you know, there's a couple, like, so I'm not a huge.
2: Are you a huge fan of the movie Pure Country? Oh. <laughs> that he what in?
0: I love about Pure Country is that he went away, found himself, and came back. He came back,
2: yeah. So,
0: <laughs> what I love about that movie is you see the ambiance of the show yeah, and he walked away from the show, found himself and came back and kicked the kid out that was just doing the show. Yeah. Right. So that's what I loved about the movie. So no. So interesting story. I have, I have just been a George Strait fan through my whole life as I have kids. Then George Strait interacts with when I'm driving the, my kids around George Strait's usually playing. Yeah, and so they automatically like George Strait songs. George Strait is towards the end of his career, right? Um, makes a Tulsa appearance to uh, commemorate our BOK Center for their ten-year anniversary, and is making a random appearance, right? Tulsa. Why is Tulsa on George Strait's market? It shouldn't be. But because of that big deal, they probably paid them a lot of money. I, my kids have have moved to California, but because our interactions together of driving them to school or soccer practice or whatever that George Strait's been on, they sing George Strait songs. So if George Strait's coming to Tulsa and my kids go, oh, George Strait's there, they're in California. Well, I specifically fly them into Tulsa to go to the George Strait show. I'm at the George Strait show and everybody's looking at me like, what the hell you got kids here? There was no other kids there. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: None. Yeah. But because I like him, I brought my kids in. Yeah. It goes along with the same idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, the influences and, and what people connect with. and. Uh,
0: no, I mean, yeah. it, it's the connection. Yeah, so it goes back to the that. whole premise of the and we'll wind it down like we're like we're two minutes in, we're done. Is if you can connect as a detailer, if you can connect with the person that you're trying to work with, that's the best avenue. Oh yeah. It doesn't so matter what in, industry, yeah. if you're an artist that's singing, it doesn't matter what you're doing, if you can connect with that person, you're in. Yeah, totally. totally. All right, so a part of our podcast, Jay. You're about to fall asleep. I am fading. You are. You're fading. We're headed towards the end. <laughs> Fuck. We're like two plus hours in. Jay, have you ever done a podcast that's two plus hours? Not. Nope. Do you even have the microphone still connected to you? It's still on my chest here. That's impressive. <laughs> because like, like you're about to fucking like fall over. I like, am winding down. You're right? winding down. Okay, we'll finish it. I apologize. Alright, so, in our podcast, we always have, since it's pints and polishing, we always to be telling, but it's always about beer, have you ever been at a bar, and you're towards the end of the night, and they're like, hey man, fucking time, You, you gotta tab out, and there's like this guy down the bar that maybe you've talked to, or a chick, whatever, I mean, whatever, you're just, you're at the bar, you're drinking, you're... Socializing with some different people. Time to tab out, and you start asking some random questions. Have you ever done that?
2: Uh,
1: no, it's I, okay. I don't know if I've hung out at a bar at once. You, you haven't, haven't hung when out time, bar. when it's time to go. It's time to go. You're time to go. Okay. Well,
0: there's some people that still stick around to grab that last drink, and then there's the you don't other have to go people. Home, but you
1: can't stay here,
0: right? Well, there's those other people next to you that they're like. Yeah, it's time to... But, but everybody's tabbing out, and you just start, like, asking some random shit questions. Is that what you're about to do? It's the tap-out question. Of the, the
1: Tap-out question. <laughs> All right. Let's go. It's part this. of our let's podcast. Go. I'm ready to tap out. You're pretty much drunk. I'm, you're there. Tipsy. I'm there, baby.
0: You are there. That's the premise of our podcast. We get you drunk, and we talk about detailing.
1: All right.
0: All right, so our tap-out question of the night is, so... And it kind of comes back from the the, reason why I wanted to ask you. We talked about in this podcast, we talked about the way we know each other. We know each other from religion. We know each other from, I was grown up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bible Belt throughout the sort of Midwest, the Southern Bible Belt, right? I grew up in Southern Baptist culture. I went to Arkansas to a Southern Baptist college where I met you, I met you. Inside that premise of Southern Baptist and religion, so to speak, it was that God wants you to have this path, and if you stay in this path, God will bless you, and he'll do all this stuff. I want to ask you guys the question, whether it's God as far as Jesus or God as far as as and Islam or God as far as in Middle Eastern, as far, you know, whatever somebody that's listening to the podcast, their belief in God, their belief in God would be that God wants to make your life the best they can be.
2: Joel Osteen, your best life now?
0: Okay, that would be another aspect (laughs) is in. Pay X amount, and you get, like, right, there can be all kinds of different, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going religion in general. Yeah. This is a religion in general topic, and you're yawning. I am. I'm you there, were, baby. weren't you a philosophy major? I started that way. You are started that way, and you're yawning at this question. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Hey, cheers to TX bourbon. <laughs> And you specifically asked for the straight bourbon as far as not the blend bourbon. You asked for the straight. So we're going TX Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey, and you're yawning. Good deal. Do you feel – so we've got somebody, and we've gone through this big – I mean, it's a fuck – like massive podcast – about all the work it takes to get to where you want to be. So whatever you want to be, you're a detailer and you want to have a shop or you're whatever you want to be, like just put into the concept of what you want to do in your life. Right? Let's start with there. Second question is, doesn't matter what's your belief, but for you guys individually, What does God hold into that? Does God think that if you do such and such, God blesses you? And if God blesses you, then that means somebody else is suffering. Does God, this is my tab out question. Hmm. Does God believe that what you're doing is the right way of going? Like, and God's going to bless you for what you're doing? Or is that just what inside of you is what you think you should do in life.
1: I think God's created the universe to work a certain way and you can fight against it but it's futile. I mean, there's certain laws of the universe. You know, there's cause and effect. There's give and take. There's gravity, you know. Um, And I think... You can try to do things your own way but if they're contrary to the way the universe is structured you're going to fail. You're going to struggle. And you're you're going to... Okay, hold
0: on. So put that into practical terms.
1: Okay. Practical terms. Um, There's a... Right and wrong? There's right and wrong. Okay, that's great. That's, That's good. I think that We are made as communal beings. um, That we need each other in a certain way. That we... um, uh, That there's a created order that... No one has what they need in and of themselves. That you're fed by each other. So... You know what we 've been talking about is serving other people and how it feeds back into you that there is this kind of cyclical kind of um, structure to the way the universe works you serve other people it comes back to you um, that 's not karma that's just the that's just cause and effect that's just you reap what you sow you're saying
0: that's not karma I mean karma is an actual belief you're well,
1: karma, that. karma is outside of 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 ourselves, right? That that there is some sort of force that pays back people. I think it's more just you reap what you sow when you pour into Which people. Which would be karma. mean,
0: you so you're saying reap what you sow based on a scriptural basis from the Judeo- Judeoism Judaism belief that moved into Christianity, where Jesus said. You reap what you sow.
1: He gives an illustration.
0: He right? says He's, that, but I'm
1: saying if you're a farmer, no, no, you don't no, no, need, just you don't though, need like, to read the Bible to know that. You reap what you sow. But, you know? but the
0: scriptural reference that you're saying is from... What, well, they what s- have we
1: been talking about? We've been talking about creativity and how creativity is pouring into other people. And that if you make it about other people, it comes back to you. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That if you put in a seed, if you put in a cotton seed, we drove through the Delta today. If you put in a cotton seed, you get a cotton plant. And if you and if you fertilize
0: that cotton plant, if you water that cotton plant, if you do the work, which is what Shauna said, he's put
1: in a lot of fucking work to get to where he's at, you produce that that's that's the thing it, it comes back around and and that uh, so you you're asking well what what what, is, what does this mean what, how does God come into this and it's like well there's a way things work, and you can rebel against it, and you can say well i'm going to be all about me and i'm going to raise my brand and i 'm going to do what I want and i'm going to show my worth, but that's not the way the world works that's not the way human beings work. we Humanity. need each other. Yeah. And so, you serve others; it comes back to you, because people realize they need you when you realize you need other people. Love it. Yeah,
2: as opposed to the like, I'm gonna hustle, man. I'm Gotta get my hustle on. Get rich or die trying. You know, it's like,
1: come on, man. Like, for real. Like, you burger? can't prove your importance. <clears throat> Everyone's trying to try to prove how important they are, but you get importance when you start to show the importance of other people yeah when you so when you start down, yeah. when you start treating other people like they're important then all of a sudden you become important it's, it's counterintuitive in a way it's paradoxical in a way but when you try to hustle to get yours you you kind of become less important you become less valuable people don't need that you know, because like, what do I want with a guy who's only trying to raise his own brand? He's trying to hustle me, yeah. Yeah, like he's 100%. trying to hustle or whatever. But when I, but when I find a guy who's trying to serve me, he becomes more valuable to me, right? Yeah. As a consumer. One hundred percent. So and so that guy's brand gets raised because he tried to serve me, because it wasn't it wasn't about him exactly or, or so that, that's just the way the world works and I personally believe that's how God created the world works how he created hum, human beings is to need each other and if you can believe that like it's, yes you'll find success in your business but way more importantly you'll find success in life Exactly. fucking so much more important than
0: success in business
1: yeah, absolutely because that that's that's the, that's how we're crafted as humans, is is to need each other and to work with each other and work work for each other, you know. And so you find your value in whatever craft it is that you're, whatever endeavor it is that you're pursuing, in serving other people. And when other people see the value of your service, then all of a sudden you're quote-unquote brand gets raised
0: love it john anything
1: i concur <laughs>
2: <laughs> love it love pull, it we'll agree with there.
0: guys we're geez what are we at we're at like almost two o'clock a.m we're in the
2: third hour
0: yeah I know you guys have drove far from... Closing in Yes, definitely as close as time. <laughs> Sing it. Sing it for All us. Sing days. it. Sean, we have struggled as a podcast to have an opening. I know you guys have used Sean as your opening this is me putting Sean on the spot. Oh, no. I need up. an opening. Sing, <laughs> <Same>. uh-huh. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance, monkey. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I'm just saying, fuck. We have a horrible opening. <laughs> we literally just open our podcast with, "Hey, welcome to the podcast." We have no intro music.
1: Ready? It, it we gotta find has, you some intro music. It we it, do. What's it so, called? Pints and polishing. Pints
0: and polish. Don't do it now. We'll record it later. If you, if you are so in tune with desiring to do that, we might reach out to you later. Hey, thank you guys so much. I, I mean, like, this was very spontaneous. You literally just called me earlier, like, hey, we're rolling through Tulsa. Can we crash with you? I flip it on you, and... Based on the bags under your eyes,
1: <laughs> you have I didn't get much sleep last night. You to be have honest. paid your dues
0: for sleep at my house, so yeah. let's close this down. You guys can go to sleep. I will, it's two in the morning, I will be back up to cook you guys breakfast. Fingers mm. crossed, mm. you will get a halfway decent breakfast, and then I will get to work. Um, thank you guys so much for your time. Trust me, that you could not have asked for a more in-depth podcast, so if people are still listening, they will grab so much information, and hopefully, it really does not matter where you're at, if you're just starting or if you're trying to grow further, listen guys, you have your own life, you have your own desires, you have family, you have kids, you need to take a moment and dissect what you want out of life. You need to go then further and say, how do I get there? Whether doing a car a day or five cars a day is enough for you. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing on the Instagram. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. Do you meet the needs of your customers? Which is, I think, what these guys have kept con- continuously said as they've struggled through their business of being an artist in the music genre. You are also an artist in the detailing genre and find what works for you. Do you. This is your one shot at life and make sure that you are doing what feels best for you on the inside, as well as if you have been created, right? If you have been created, your mother and father had sex at the exact right time. And because of everything that's happened in the world you became who you are then there's a chance that maybe there's something specific for you to do Mm. right preach no it's not a preach it's just that's good it's just a human being hey
1: let me just say amen to that that's good right there was a a exact moment that you were created Mm -hmm. marty thinks he's not a preacher and, and if... Preaching, preaching, Marty's preaching. Hey, preach! 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 Preach!
2: Preach! You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow Ooh. this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. I love that. That's the best. Pints and I, polishing. I love that. Make end cars look dope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the best end of a movie, <laughs> right? Oh, that's. You movie, have yeah. one shot. Yeah. If you chose detailing as your like, what you love to do, as well as bring income in, you have one shot.
1: Do not miss your chance. Don't miss Hello. your chance.
0: Right? Work. Struggle. Go through what you've got to do. Wax on, wax off. Wax off, wax off. Mr. Miyagi, that motherfucking car. Sean,
1: give me the jingle. Give me the jingle. Uh,
0: Pints and polishing.
1: Make your cars look dope. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Alright, so we always end
0: with so people can know where to find you. Where do they find you Uh, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever? Where do do, they find you?
1: You can do all that, but honestly, like the best thing to do is go to Spotify, type in S-E-A-N M-I-C-H-E-L. Oh, slow,
0: da- slow down.
1: S-E-A-N. That's how you spell S- Sean.
0: S-E-A-N.
1: Yeah, M-I-C-H-E-L. M-I-C-H-E-L. That's how you spell Michelle. And check out his tunes on there, and you can pretty much figure it out. And, and stream it a billion times so I get $5 worth. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, but cool. That's how and they find your... go listen to mu- my podcast.
0: Okay, hold on. That's where I was going. All right, all right, okay, all right. Okay, that's where I was going. <laughs> so that's where they find your music. But let's, let's just say, like, <laughs> they want to connect with you. How do they find you on social?
1: Yeah, Instagram is good. Instagram well, good. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter is cool, yeah.
2: Facebook, uh, music, Facebook.com. At
1: Music on all platforms. But
0: Jay, <laughs> hold on. Jay. So if somebody says, hey, I connected with Jay. I want to ask him a question. How do they find Jay? On social.
1: Uh, Well, because I'm trying to plug my podcast, you can go to at CatacombP on Twitter. And that's where we do our most interaction for our podcast. And I'm the one who mostly runs that. Go ahead and spell that out. C-A-T-A-C-O-M-B
0: Exactly. It was why I asked you to say it. So (laughs) go ahead and go again.
1: At C-A-T-A- C-O-M-B. Thank you. God, freaking whiskey. (laughs) Catacomb Podcast? Catacomb Podcast. You can check us on all podcast platforms. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. they want to send you a message personally. Um, My phone number is 870 (laughs) No, what's your... Do you (laughs) have have a personal Facebook? Yeah, it's Big Dread. Big, Big Dread on Instagram.
0: Because... If we went in and I, fuck, I'm so horrible. I meant to bring out, I have the actual photographs of when you and I went to Africa. And we went to Namibia and then we went down to South Africa. And there was a moment, there was a moment, right? So we're in a group and we're taking this tour and we're in Namibia, South Africa, which we're on this... um, Jeez, we take a little tour, and there was a moment. I remember we were in some vans. I was in one van. You remember which van you were in with the Elephants Cross?
1: Oh, no, yeah, I was there, baby. I was well, there. I know you were there, yeah, no, no. I remember what the van were
0: you in? Were you in the fun van? I think
1: I was with you. You were with me. I was so definitely we were in the with middle you. van, so there yeah. was one van with that went Heard and yeah oh baby paisley Paisley, you don't listen to this
0: but paisley
1: girl you had it going on back when you were 21
0: she still has it going on but she's married with kids
1: anyway we're digressing
0: we're in a van we're we're completely blushing
2: on it yeah you
0: should this is total crush mode for us. Oh, man. Paisley is in the van. Like, so we're going through in Namibia, South Africa. So we're taking a tour into, as a kid, I was somewhat fast as a white kid in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so I dreamed that I was a cheetah. And so my, my vision was always to see a cheetah. And so we went to Namibia, South Africa, which had the biggest gaming area for cheetahs.
1: Right. The yeah, whole yeah, yeah, yeah. time
0: we were there, I kept dreaming that we were going to see a cheetah. But we didn't. But we're in this van, and there was three vans, one behind us. We're in the middle, and there was one in front. The one in front makes it f- past this little trail. But there was this herd of elephants that were coming, and the big mule?
1: The, the bull. Bull? Okay. The bull. The yeah. bull
0: came out, and it was Flapping massive, its ears. And, like, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. there was a bunch of panic and they were on the intercom, like they were talking on the walkie-talkie, because we didn't have really. Cell
1: phones. They were basically like, "Get the cell fuck out weren't of really there. there!"
0: Yeah, it was in- it was like walkie-talkie. They were like, <laughs> "Okay, you go." And so the first man ran, and the bull came out, and so we stayed back, and the bull crossed the road, and then the other herd, I guess, yeah, of yeah, the yeah, different yeah, females. Yeah, the whole family. And then yeah, yeah. I finally took a photo of the the little baby and the the mother as it crossed the road. But there was a moment that we, mo- like, we had a mo like, because if we, and I even think that middle van backed up, because we didn't, like, that, that bull could have hit us.
1: No, it was trying to, maybe, yeah, I remember It that. was waving, yeah, like, yeah, get yeah, no, the no, fuck out that, of my way, yeah, I'm coming through. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, fun time, that would like, in life, I'll look back at that moment, of just, when else do you get to?
1: Obviously, I haven't forgotten it. That was awesome. When when else do you almost get killed by an elephant? Yeah. When almost do you, yeah, right? Sean almost got me killed by a lion on a different trip to Africa, but that's That's another another story. So DJ,
0: (laughs) who's the co-host, has talked about in the garage, if I take you out to it, if you remember, we're on Table Mountain.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, definitely.
0: Table Mountain in South Africa. So we we've moved past. I was that. sitting
1: on the top of there talking to Paisley Hurd. Oh, Paisley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Paisley.
2: Anyway, are your ears flapping? You're,
0: yeah, our your ears are her, flapping. We elevated. both had a thing for Paisley. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Anyway, um, I'm on Table Mountain. We had done the different stuff down below. We went up Table Mountain. And there was a barrier. I crossed the barrier, and somebody snapped a photo. And this was probably Polaroid. I mean, this was back in. I mean, this was two thousand.
1: Yeah, it's about when it was. This was Polaroid.
0: Yeah. This was like you didn't know what you were getting. But w- there was a moment even on that, that excursion where we crossed the barrier and went out to like this dung pile, and you, me, and Jeremy noningham. Yeah. took a photo and we were out enough where it was beyond the safe zone and we didn't know if somebody was going to hit and we like took a snap photo of like this dung pile and we hopped back in. Well there was a moment on the Table Mountain where I walked out to the very southern there was literally the southern point of South Africa. You looked down and it was a cliff and it was ocean and you could see the different oceans meet together. Yeah, the Cape
1: Point. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's
0: in my garage. There you go. We can I like if you want to take a moment to relapse twenty years. I was there. Maybe I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah. Let's like, see that. It's, it's there. Let's do it. Anyway, that's uh, to me. That's the most memorable part of our relationship.
1: There
2: I
0: don't. You do you know of any? I don't know. That was like the pinnacle. The you're south. Talking about the, I love the motherland.
1: I love the you. motherland. <laughs> I, love <laughs> you, Marty, yeah. oh. I love you, Marty. I love you. I, thanks. I love
0: you. Wow. Oh, the bourbon.
1: Oh, you're yeah, there's a the lot of bourbon, bourbon in that. Oh, and you're oh, like bourbon. loving like
0: wait a second here. Wait. You're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> like, my room's locked. You're sleeping on the couch. All right. Hey, thank you so much, guys. I know like we got a crash. You guys got a long drive tomorrow. Thank you so much for coming in. Very beneficial. Thank you.
2: Power to the people.
0: Power to the people. <laughs> Hey, make it a great night.
1: Amen.